in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Welcome, everybody. It is Thursday, September 14th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Coming to you, as always, from the remote University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Cards fans, earn your master's in business analytics from the University of Louisville in just 12 months. No previous coding experience is required. They've got technology to the forefront of all industries. Mastering those will give you a competitive edge in today's data-driven world. To get started or learn more, visit business.louisville.edu backslash MBA today. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet Earth. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford's here. Trevor Kelsey's here. We're excited to be with you on a Thursday. It's going to be a fantastic day. It's beautiful outside. This is like a – I've always had this thing where the year that – Teddy Bridgewater's last season, what was that, 2013, has always made me think this. We we went – it was the third week of the season. This was back when UK was still when we played them in Lexington. They were playing it on the on the third week of the season. We went I, we went to the game in Lexington. It was that year. It was like you know we we Teddy was a Heisman candidate. We wanted to blow him out, and it was just kind of like a I think it was twenty seven thirteen, which is kind of like a eh, whatever game. They were happy to keep it close re- close ish, and we were happy to win convincingly. But we neither side was like thrilled. But it was the most beautiful day of all time, and I've always since then held this theory that the third week of September has the best weather of the entire year. It's not. It's a little crisp, but it's still not full-on fall where it's, you know, if you like sweater weather, hoodie weather, I, I like it just fine, but I prefer it to be just a little bit warmer. But you've got, like, the the trees are haven't really started turning yet. It still looks a little bit like summer, but it's just more pristine. Like, this week of weather, I think, is, is the best week of the, of the entire year. And today, it's showing off a little bit. TK, how are you today? I'm good. You know how many times I've asked, I've been rejected from school after school because they need a coding experience? Now or I, access to the Becker Law yeah, exam now, 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 now with the U of L School of Business, I don't have to worry about That's that. That's what the U of L College of Business does for us. Uh, also, it's funny you mentioned the, the 2013 game because my one, my one of my favorite things, like the only thing I actually like like about Facebook anymore now, other than reminding me what birthday it is, is the memory thing. Memory like, thing's cool. That's you, like the favorite thing. And you send me updates like every day of your memories. <laughs> my times when I did not know you. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is fun. My favorite was yesterday when I, I promoted doing a show with Dave Ragone. And I was like, 14 <laughs> years ago, I'm doing a show with you and taking the ACT. He's the NFL opposite coordinator for, for the Atlanta Falcons. We have gone different ways. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's having success. So today, 10 years ago today, you mentioned that's hilarious. September 14, 2013. 
Hey, UK, that's one, two, three in a row. You know the word. Ooh. Speaking of three in so a row, that, we, UK. Ju- we just uh, <laughs> I like that segue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. It was a fantastic night for Cardinal Volleyball last night. Anytime you can start a show off by ripping on Kentucky and, and you know flexing your muscles in the rivalry, we're going to do that a little bit. But, Trevor, uh, how was your Wednesday night? How I, I know you watched a little bit of the, the Wrestlers documentary. I am curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, I, I, uh, well, for overall, it was a uh, very good, easy, easy cruising bats night. Not good for bats, but it cruised through. Lost One hour and 50-minute play-by-play. Ooh, that's nice for you. I was out of here, like, I think we were done at 9. I got wrapped up a few things and was out of here by, like, 9.45, I think, which Thank is, you. yeah, it's just, which is real good time for a bats game. I'm sure it'll be later tonight, but sorry, right. I got the Eagles game on, so I wasn't worried about that. Um, yeah, and then went home, watched the AW. It was a fun AW show. Uh, Orange Cassidy do anything? Uh, he showed up and uh, did a little, little segment with Hook. So but he's not the champion anymore. He lost to Moxley, but I think he's he's kind of resting. He's he's pretty beat up after the schedule he did. I mean, I think he went thirty seven straight matches with uh, title defenses well, with that loss. That's my and, guy, I need him to step back up. I mean, he was wrestling twice a week, so and he, I mean, it's a lot of wear and tear on you. You're doing that for two months straight. Well, it's your job, Orange. Well, it Get is. Back out there. It is. So he's but he's saying I think he's going to take a couple weeks off and then probably do a rematch with him or something. But uh, he did show up and did a little little promo with Hook, which was funny. Uh, Renee asked him how he's feeling. He goes, I'm just so tired. He just walked away. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. But uh, yeah, exactly. We feel you at Orange. And then, yeah, I watched The Wrestler. And then that was the only thing I really did last night. And I got, I got about two and a half episodes in. Uh, I started the third one, which I shouldn't have done, but got like halfway through it. And, and it was like, I got to tap out. I hate, I hate stopping in the middle of a show. I, I fucking like I, I did that's, a lot more lately. Yeah, I, I do do. I, it's not that I haven't done it before, but I really hate doing it. Like, so I wasn't a fan of doing it, but. The show so far, I'm I'm entertained. I'm gonna watch, probably finish the third one tonight. Maybe watch one or two more before I go to bed tonight. And uh, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. It's, I I don't know. This this is like a little nitpick from the wrestling. I, it is a little like overproduced for me, somewhat. What do you mean? Like it's just I don't know. Like they do they they hide a lot of the wrestling to make I think the wrestlers look maybe kind of better than they are. And that that's to be mean, but. I mean, you are. I mean, it's the level of OBW that it is, and some of the the best parts are when they're just kind of like not doing like you know adding music and doing like you know super slow mo cuts and putting in obviously fake like you know footage of you know the, the guys jumping off the turnbuckles and stuff mixed in and the when they did like the showed them doing the pay per view and just the Al Snow behind the scenes just that was the best so far been the best part some of okay. the stuff that's just not you can tell it's not a little overly produced the only things that i've heard from people that i know who have watched it cuz like for me i'm interested in i mean the matt parts cuz i i know matt he's in it yeah craig I, greenberg cuz you know it's, he's it's, in it's it. a louisville thing and al snow obviously we know alec i'm, I'm kind of interested in the inner workings of that but for Al's my great. friends who are watch who've watched this who are kind of like me they're not wrestling people but they they wanted to watch the show they've all said the best parts are just like the wrestlers, like getting to know the the individual, they're, they're like, they're like Al's good. The Matt stuff is kind of like the, all I've heard is Matt comes off the way you think he would come off. I don't know what that means, but that's what my friends have said who have watched it, who aren't necessarily the biggest Matt Jones fans. But they have, they're like that stuff is is interesting. But we're like when you have parts with them, we're kind of like get back to the wrestlers, get back to the wrestlers because that's the the meat of, of the story, which yeah. it should be. I mean, and they're spotlighted. Uh, our boy Cash Flow. Is talked Love about and, and he and now even talks about he's kind of like the <clears throat> to uh, to perform more like uh, maybe 
reference for, for wrestling fans. Like he's kind of the taker in the in the locker room, the Undertaker, the the guy that kind of plays the you know the judge in the kangaroo court that is the locker room. That's and, the other thing that I've come off is that he that I've heard is that he comes off like the best on the show, and, and he's, he's a, the most and, and being person. a veteran amongst you know I mean some of these guys have, and girls have been in it a while, but he has been in it a long time. I mean he's my age, been doing this for probably since he was a teenager, so. Uh, I'm actually at the part where I stopped was when we're starting to introduce him to his wife and it's like kind of his his you know personal story cool. a little bit more. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, a lot of spotlight on uh, Hollywood uh, Hollywood Haley J. Which Is she the one that you said you thought I saw she her, could be a big deal? I saw her two years ago when she was only 20 and said this she'll be in the she'll be on national television before she's 30. Uh, I mean she's she's got the charisma. She's got the the. The, the the gimmick I think works perfect. She's got a great look. Uh, she does. I, she just needs probably about another year or two in OVW, maybe in the ring, working, working, getting her craft down. And I mean, she'll be. I'd be shocked. I mean, as long she's on the path right now that she's 22, I would expect to see her maybe doing some AEW stuff or even WWE before she's 25. Okay, maybe by 25, I think would be about a good time for her. And hopefully AEW. I think she would fit better there, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. And she comes off like you know they she spotlighted heavily her mother who's involved with it as well is in there and they tell her story of you know their her rough upcoming and upbringing excuse me and her she has a kid and all this stuff and she's dating another wrestler that's there that does a good it's very uh, charismatic to the mic does always does always interviews for, like from his car hanging out of his driver's seat for some reason <laughs> I don't know why but he does and then uh, yeah some of the wrestlers just yeah it's very entertaining the guy I forget his name now the one with the guitars. Pretty hilarious, and I'm excited to watch it. It's it's very good. Yeah, it's just yeah. Some of the I, I guess I, I wanted to see more of the the wrestling and the behind he's behind behind the scenes stuff. And there is kind of a the guy who did it. You can tell is just kind of be a little over dramatic with some of the production and some of the stories a little bit. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. I, I think when you watch like these types of documentaries, like the one on tennis and the one on golf, and like. I always kind of have to remind myself it's not for like the diehards, you know. They they have to exactly. make it so it appeals to the casual fan that doesn't like in the tennis one and, and the golf one. They're constantly every episode reiterating the rules. Like every single episode of Full Swing, the golf documentary, they're explaining what the cut is because they're trying to really just hammer home, you know, some storyline that you probably like people who are watching that just don't follow golf that much aren't aware of. So like that's. I'm sure this is kind of the same thing. Yeah, and this is basically they're following them through that summer tour that they did last year, uh, which you know was uh, which was a big deal. And then how they're doing, and, you know, a lot of the wrestlers weren't you could tell happy with it, but you know, I think Al Snow wasn't thrilled with it. But I mean, it, it was the way they described it. It's almost like back in the days of territory, you're on the road five days a week. I mean. You know, it's just something that you love talking about the territories. Just, territories days were so awesome. You bring it up all the time. You I love, love it. it. You love it. I love it. So did Al Snow. That's why he was in it. There you go. Uh, we want to hear from you today, by the way. 502 414 is the Thornton Sex line. What is up with your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns? Download that refreshing rewards app. Save yourself some money anytime you stop into one of the areas. 33,492 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. Experience it for yourself and then text us at 502 414 When are you going to watch it? Maybe this weekend or something. Maybe get into it. I get. I mean, I don't know. We. we I, I feel like there's so much stuff now that I'm watching. Like Mary and I are still like Vanderpump's our guilty pleasure. She's gotten ahead of me the last couple of nights. What because is it? That Vanderpump Rules show. I don't think I'm. It's I'm, incredible. Okay. Uh, but so she's gotten. Ahead, she's like ahead of me, so she's waiting for me to catch up because I've been. I've either had basketball or, or I mean Reds baseball. Or, like I just haven't been feeling good or just, you know stuff going on recently. So she's she's waiting for me on that. I want to start 
Welcome to Wrexham got going this week too. Okay. There's like five other shows, but I do want to start. I know the new season three of Only Murders you're not going to watch, since you still won't watch the last one of season two. <laughs> no, probably not going to watch. I, I haven't heard good things. One of the best parts about this though, early on, it's just also and it makes just me is the style. It's just the coolness of seeing Louisville when they're like driving around and talking, and you know, how Snow like going getting up at Zorn Avenue and just I don't know, kind of like the best parts are the only good parts of watching Elizabeth Town. You know, <laughs> watching Hollywood Haley J. Uh, Cuss out Matt Jones and then hit a joint while she's driving down the road. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's got a funny stuff. It's yeah. The local flair definitely helps us for sure. Um, I'm sorry, I'm watching the, the Reds blow another game. Yeah, I'm, I'm upset. What's the Reds game? How are the Reds doing? Uh, the Reds are down four one, and uh, Christian Encarnacion strands grounded into an inning ending double play. So going to the ninth, they're down four one. Y'all pooping the bed as bad as Blue Jays are against uh, Texas. Well, we had one two in a row. We, we won. No, you no know, you're, we're pooping worse than you. Then we came into today. Well, we are playing the Tigers, but we came into today wow. back tied for the last wild card spot with with Arizona, who we have the tiebreaker against. So if the playoffs had started today or right now before this game ends, the Reds would be in the playoffs. But uh, they're you know they threw a, it was a bullpen game again. I don't know what they're doing with this lineup, but uh, th- th- it looks like they're going to lose. Better than us. I mean, we start we started this Texas series, a four-game set, up like two games, and we've lost three in a row. Hey, you guys are what, one game out still? I think we're now, we're now yeah, now we're one game out because we we've lost three in a row to Texas. Yeah. We're about to get swept by them. A Texas team today, they're all in. <sighs> I just feel like this is just a waste of such a, some great young, like with Bichette and Vlad and two years in a row. I know, and now and then, and we'll. I mean, within a couple of years, they're gonna want they're gonna their contracts gonna be up. It's gonna be gone. The windows gonna be closed, and just I, I don't want to see it happen. I know it's gonna happen. It's gonna, it irritates me. Yeah, I mean, we are the the Reds are being held together with duct tape and you know, rubber bands and <laughs> anything else you can find right now. We got. I mean, we have the only team in baseball that has guys that are still like on the COVID list. We got COVID going on. You do actually. You have I know a picture. We've had of nine. Yeah. yeah, we've had nine guys in the last two weeks going that have missed time with COVID. Uh, Graham Ashcraft is still sidelined. Hunter Green just came back. Like we, you know, we've been starting. I mean, we started Connor Phillips, second start of his career last night, and basically a must-win game in mid-September for a playoff push. It just kind of has been. He's pitched well though in the minors. He's not pitched well in the majors. But As he, he not, okay. They still managed to win last night. Uh, it was. It's just been. It's kind of unfair to see such a promising season end with you know guys that weren't a part of I it. Mean, we we're, Hunter Renfro sucks. Like we're, we're him and Harrison Bader are both terrible. I don't know why. I wonder why you even picked those guys up. Well, because we. I mean, because we had f- like fifty guys that were hurt. We 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 needed bodies. Somebody better. Just pull, pull somebody up from Louisville. Then I mean, well, they kept trying, and everybody that we pulled up from Louisville just sucked. So, you know, he. Mm. Kept sending guys down, brought in over Renfro. We need some right-handed bats to hit left-handed pitching, and it's uh, it has not gone well. But they're still they're still hanging around. If you could if you'd have told me five months ago, you'd be potentially one game out after today of the wild card with fourteen games to play. I would have taken it. So that's true. So there's that. But they are. It's like. But now you're gonna get close, and it's gonna make it hurt even more. Well, it's already hurt because they have been terrible since the All Star break. But whatever. Anyways, uh, let's start today. Let's talk about what happened last night at the KFC Yum Center. Go back to a positive note. Let's go back to a positive. You mentioned you know the ten year memory of UVA winning three games in a row in football. Not a ten year memory. Three wins over the Cats. It happened again last night. Memory. (laughs) Louisville volleyball on national TV. On ESPN, in front of a record crowd at the KFC Home Center, just shy of 13,000 fans nice. packed the lower bowl of the KFC Home Center to watch the Cards trounce. 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 Kentucky. Stomp. In three sets. Their first sweep over the Wildcats since 2005. Their third straight win overall over Kentucky. Basically since COVID. Post-pandemic. 
Uva Volleyball has not lost to UK, and this is a UK program that won the national title in that quarter year. Mickey Mouse title. But they, uh, they did technically win the national title that year. Since then, Louisville has just thoroughly dominated the series, and it happened again last night. Three-set sweep. Uh, second set got a little bit dicey. I did love that Roush was there with his, his wife who played volleyball at UofL, and he tried to wear a UK shirt when he was leaving. And his wife said, what, "Oh, was he got on TV?" No, no, no. He, he tweeted about this. Oh, okay. He, he was like, he tried to wear a UK shirt as they were walking out the door, and his wife was like, "No, you're not wearing that." And he changed for it. <laughs> did he wear UL or did he wear? New I think he just wore neutral. Yeah, it's that way. It's what he tells us. I think TJ kind of got mad at him because TJ responded with like, "Are you not allowed to wear what you want to wear?" And, not in that household. And Roush was kind of like, "No, no, <laughs> so, no." So, uh, I mean, it, it is different. She played for U of L volleyball. Like, if you're going to any other sport, and Rash is actively wearing U of L football shirts to U of L football games now with his uh, his uncle coaching the football program. So it's it, it, he's in a, he's in kind of a weird spot. But he, uh, he he was there last night. He was in the house, and he got to thoroughly you know, he got to witness a thorough domination firsthand as the cards just take it to the cats. But it was I mean you know you see like I know it seems like a little thing, but you've got. Like Jack Harlow posting on his Instagram story, the, the uh, like a picture of the TV watching the, the set point. He's got nice. six million followers on Instagram. Like it's a cool moment for you of volleyball. I know Danny Busman Kelly was very excited about that. Um, but to, to to keep the season going, to capitalize on these moments that they've had, you know, they struck this deal where they were playing the games against the, the, the national TV games against UK and Stanford and Nebraska. And as she was talking about at the time, we were on the bottom tier of that power structure with those programs, they were all above us. And she was kind of thinking if, if we could win one of those games, it'd be a big deal for our program. They're five and oh, they haven't lost to any of those teams since they started this new deal. They'll play Stanford who's number five in the country on, uh, on Sunday. That's going to be another nationally televised game. Uh, it's going to be another game at the KFC Yum center, 1 PM. It'd be a little bit tougher maybe to draw that crowd with it being an NFL Sunday. But last night was just growing the game. Another cool, it's funny, you think a Sunday would be easier to draw than a Wednesday at 8 o'clock on a school night, weeknight. Maybe not this time of the year, though. Yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, we'll see. But it was a UofL won, by the way, the, the, the final score there, 25-19, 25-23, and then 25-18. The last one wasn't even that close. No, they, they yeah, it was, it was a pretty thorough ass-kicking. Uh, the card's now 9-0 and on the season, still number two in the country. Very, very cool. And this is, I mean, right now, this is the most successful program at UofL, which is saying something when you've got three different teams that are currently ranked in the top five. You've got baseball, which outside of last year has been just you know, trucking along. You've got uh, UofL women's basketball, which has the longest streak in the country of consecutive Sweet 16 appearances. Uh, you, you've got, I mean... No, the volleyball team over the last three years has been the most successful. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, not yeah. just this year. I mean, just over the last... Yeah, that was which is something, considering some of these other programs that have been also yeah, doing, right. yeah. doing, doing really well. But, uh, I mean, I think... I said it last night. I stand by it. Like, as of right now, Danny Busman Kelly is the best coach on Floyd Street. She, you know, we lose. Think about it. Like, this is a program that it's kind of like what Dan McDonald did at baseball back in the, the late 2000s, what Jeff Walls did for women's basketball. This is a program that had always been, you know, good, but never great. N- never a program that you would think about sniffing a national title. Never a program that was really competitive with the, the biggest and the best in the sport. And suddenly, we're... Right there every single year. Yeah. You, At a perfect time when volleyball's booming in terms of popularity on television sure. and, and, and just eyes in terms of national coverage. You go to a Final Four two years ago, and you're thinking, man, that, that, that was awesome. But then you lose Tori Dilfer and some of your other best players from that team. And then next year, the next year you're even better. You take it one step further. You're the first ACC team ever to play in the national championship match. And you're thinking, man, like, you know, 
we lost Claire Chasse, the All-Americans gone. We lose some players from that team. And then they're right back here again. This may be the best of the three teams they've, they've had. Number two in the country, looking like a legit national title contender. And I love Eric Crawford wrote about it. They just carry themselves with so much like confidence and, and loose energy. It, it, you can see why they're able to rebuild year after year after year. Like, Buswam Kelly just – She's she's the real deal. She's an absolute genuine artifact, and let's hope that uh, Nebraska coach stays there for as long as you know, as long as possible, because we want to keep her here for for as long as we can. And I don't think she's going anywhere besides Nebraska. So that would be. I mean, she seems to really like it here. She's definitely has embraced the culture. Uh, and, and last night, we should say it was a cool celebration of fall sports at U of L, and, and a definite celebration of volleyball in, in particular because. They deserve their flowers. They've been tremendous. They are, they're carrying the banner for the entire sports program right now. Yeah, and it's just it's a big day. I mean, like you said, I think it was the last year. Our, the Was it our, the game against the match against Kentucky, or was it maybe? Kentucky was the first one that was on national TV. That, that had the good ratings. And, and it had huge ratings. It you know, went five sets. It was very cool. And then you bring it back you know, to this year, and I mean, sure ESPN's you know, going to see if you can match it, and I don't know what the ratings were, but the fact, ratings aside, I mean, the fact that Louisville's bringing in you know, just under 13,000 people I know it's not ninety eight thousand or whatever it was like in Nebraska, but you know, thirteen thousand people. I mean, I don't even know if we did that many for a basketball game last year. I mean, I don't know if we'll do one for one this year. I think Clemson would be the, maybe, probably okay, the only one. I mean, it's sad when you're like, well, there was maybe Clemson. I mean, so I mean, that's just, that says a lot. Of, I mean, props to all the little fans that went down there. I mean, I, I would have gone, but I had the bass game, you know. Uh, so, but the. You know, just the, the the way it looked. I mean, the place was. I didn't get to listen to it as much the first half because I, I had it on the mute. But I was watching the computer while I was in the bats game. But I got to listen to the volume during the second, during the, the third, most of the third set. And uh, I mean, the place was just rocking. I mean, the people behind the you know the the announcers, the, all those those girls were just going insane every time they were coming on. I mean, it was a cool scene. It was. It looked cool, and it's the fact that we just literally just dominated them. I don't know. Maybe maybe a volleyball expert will tell me we didn't, but. To this novice volleyball expert, expert guy, that was that was a butt whooping. I mean, that, Kentucky looked like they just had no clue in that third set. We're just just holding on to dear life. And we talked about the ability of this program to reload. I mean, you've got familiar faces out there. Anna DeBeer from Assumption, who's been fantastic for the last two seasons. I remember her. Yeah, yeah she's back. She's killing it. Uh, Iko Jones, who's back, she's stepped into a bigger role. She's killing it. But then you go out and, you, and look. Danny Buspin Kelly utilizes the transfer portal, which is what the best coaches in every sport are doing right now. She goes out there. She lands Charity Looper from UCLA. Oh, is she, is she she's from the portal? She's from the portal. She's she, killing it last she night. She crushed I mean, she was the best player on the floor last yeah. night. She had uh, 13 kills. Um, she she's Her service ace ended the match. She was fantastic. She's a junior outside hitter from UCLA. Like, this is, you know, and, and I mean, Tori Dilfer was a transfer from Nebraska. Like, she, you bring her in. Like, you've got to kill it in the transfer portal if you want to be successful. Recruiting and development are still big deals, but the portal has to be kind of an accent to that. And Danny Buspum Kelly, who's doing it very well. Now, I, I, I knew it was coming last night because I remembered this from last year's match against Kentucky that Kentucky's best player is, is Reagan Rutherford. And <laughs> you know, last year I was like, I, I heard it, yeah, yeah. Last year I was like, I don't, I don't like this. This is not cool. It's one thing to have a Rutherford. It's another for her to be like killing Louisville, and especially when you're playing for UK. And so, sure enough, last night I put John down. I get out. I turn on the the match. It's it's near the end of the first set, and my mentions are already flooded with people that are like, 
change your last name. You, you got to <laughs> change the name of the show. Like, she's killing us. I'm like, here we go. And that pretty much kept up the entire night. You've been like, I just watched another two minutes of Suicide Kings. Get off me, people. <laughs> but look, the dominance of, of Mike Rutherford teams over players named Rutherford in this calendar year continues. We've had, that's two wins over Reagan Rutherford from UK. We had the Reds beating uh, Brett Rutherford when he was making his major league debut. We had Louisville beating Georgia Tech when they had a Malik Rutherford out there doing everything he was doing on the field. We, we, so we it, were pro Phil Collins over over Mike Rutherford in Genesis. Well, not not necessarily. But uh, uh, if, if you're Rutherford going up against a Louisville, guess what? Your energy is not going to overwhelm mine. You're going to get you're going to get got. Like Louisville's going to take you down. That's the way that it's going to work. You can't be a Rutherford who topples the cards. It's just not going to happen that much, or the Reds, I guess, for that matter. That, that much has become true. I did also like last night, you know, I'm flipping back and forth once we get to the third set between the Reds game, which is nip and tuck, and, and the volleyball match. They ended at pretty much the exact same time. Like, the review for the, for the, uh, the, the service uh, ace, it goes final. It's confirmed right as the Tigers line into a game ending out. Like, it, it was, I, I was like, this is... This is incredible. This is serendipitous. All these years of my athletic teams just sucking out loud, it's the fall of Mike, which sounds wrong. Maybe autumn of Mike is the better way to phrase it. It's the autumn of Mike. We've got the Lions doing what they're doing. The Reds are at least competitive and still playing meaningful baseball in September. We've got three UofL sports in the top five. We've got an undefeated UofL football team. We've got Jeff Brom back home. It's all happening, Trevor. This is, this is an earned moment. For me, it's a moment for all of us. This but is this is this is this is the your your Tim Robbins shirt off, young at the sky after going through <laughs> two months of crap that is long COVID. I, well, the, the, that was your football field. Long COVID was your was your your, your two football your five football fields of a poo. Well, that's, and now you've come now. That's now, been two years, and it's still good. That that part is still going. <laughs> let, 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 let's differentiate my real life between my sports life because the sports life is great. The real life is not. That, that's still to be decided. Well, no, it's still great. I don't say that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I still, yeah, the, the health is not great. There you go. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the health is... is yeah, word that rightly. You know. well, it, the health kind of affects the real life. Words so. matter, remember. <laughs> I stand by it. It's, it's been pretty crappy. But uh, sports-wise, things are good. That's, and uh, work-wise, awesome, right? Work-wise, great, yeah. Yeah, we're having a blast. <laughs> try to pretend we're having a episode. fantastic time. <laughs> try to at least fake it for me legitimately. I'm crushing it. We're <laughs> come on, Elaine. Give me a better performance than that. <laughs> right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little Louisville, Indiana. I've been listening to some of the Indiana uh, podcasts that are out there, some of the radio shows, hearing what they their thoughts. And I've noticed a common theme. Well, you got time to listen to the Indiana podcast? And you can't watch Suicide Kings. <laughs> well, because listening to Indiana podcast is for work. And Suicide Kings is not for... And I've already watched Suicide Kings. I told you. I know, I know. I watched a minute and a half. I watched Suicide Kings, just like you ate a salad. I want to talk about Indiana fans, their mentality going into this game. I've noticed something that's a little bit interesting, a common theme that we're going to discuss, and then we'll take some texts from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Thursday edition here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Never met before until I'm overseas on tour and peep this Ethiopia. 
Ethiopian queen from Philly taking classes abroad. She's studying film and photo flash focus record. Says she working on a flick and come my click through the score. She says she loved my show in Paris at Alice Momar. And that I stepped off the stage and took a piece of our heart. We knew from the start that things fall apart. It tends to shatter. She like, that don't matter when I get home. Get out of through that phone. Whatever, let's link. Let's get together. I think that's one that's one band we both really agree on. We both love Roots, right? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure, I mean, we also like Jackson Brown and some other plays. Yeah. But I think that might be our uh, most agreed upon musical fanhood is, is Roots. I'm, I'm right there with you. I really love Roots. Mike Willow Show, uh, two Thursday edition here on fourteen fifty ninety six one. The Big X. You were saying we were coming in. We're going to get back to the old studio here pretty soon. At least that's the yeah, plan. Uh, there was a big meeting today that I was not invited to. Well, it's because it was big. Um, <laughs> trust me, there was there was like a point, like two minutes into it, I was like, "Am I needing to be here?" <laughs> like because Reichel and then Glenn are going over things. And I'm like, I'm just kind of sitting there with like my mellow yellow can in my phone. I'm like, Dugan's Dugan's there, and we're just kind of like, we're, we're honestly, we're just talking about Hollywood Haley J and. I'll tell you, Jay and then wrestlers while they're like talking about some stuff. And I'm like, and Reichel says, I'm like, oh, me? Okay, what, what do I need to do? And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, the, the studios are coming along uh, on everything in terms of uh, getting everything moved from one to the others. Excuse me, looking good. And I mean, I don't want to get your hopes up, but, you know, when the bat season comes to an end, maybe our, I think about that same time, our, our time in this side of the studio will come to an end. So next week might be the last week here. Uh, the bat's last game is the 24th on Sunday. So, yeah, that would be. We'd be back in three, two weeks. Yeah, so it's it's it could be here before you know it. Can't wait. What? Well, how how are they gonna how are they gonna get the streets paved in Southern Indiana without our toll money? God, I mean, I still because I still paid on any of mine. I haven't either, but you know why? Because I haven't got anything in the mail. I feel well, like in they, months they suspended tolls for a while, like because Riverlink is basically it's changing hands. It's changing out. Like Riverlink sucks, so they're getting some sort of new. Well, the tolls in general suck. Bitch. Yeah, they're getting some sort of new group, and for until that change takes place, they've suspended payments. And, and so, tolls. so, so, like right now, I'm not like being charged. I don't know how exactly how it's working. Because I mean, usually they send to me, and I like I said I haven't, I haven't got one in so long. I'm almost afraid to like when I do get it, how what it's going to be. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm going to have like. And I guess I could probably go look it up online, but I don't much. I mean, donate twenty percent of my annual paycheck. <laughs> tolls. Not to mention the interest rate's probably going up on it now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared too. I'm, that's gonna come, and I might be myself a little when I see that in the mail. I don't know if we know. I, I, so I've, I'm so naive when it comes to how the local sports books are going to work. I don't know if you can, if you are a Kentucky sports book, can you put up a prop bet that is specific to your particular book? Like, you got the Derby City Gaming, you got the Churchill Downs sports book. Like, yeah. I don't know if we know anybody that runs one of these places or that, or that is a higher up or a power that be at one of these places, but. I've had a suggestion uh, multiple times, and I, I want to get it on the books because I, pe- I think people want this action. And the bet is this. The prop bet is this. Higher total, Trevor Kelsey's ACT score, or Louisville men's basketball's win total for 2023-24. And I feel like that's a pretty good one because – Now, now is, that, is that opposed to the how many quarterbacks we used against Murray? <laughs> yeah, because you know, you've got – People are trying to do the whole like football wins versus basketball wins thing again, which I laughed at last year and wound up being a very real bet. I know, but sadly. I, I think that this year the ACT score, because it's also an unknown thing. I mean, hell, you could have gotten like a 25. We don't know. I'm watching um, watch people like a 30 something on the math. Like, I just guessed everything right. It's possible. Law of I mean, averages. 
<laughs> Not likely, but possible. Hey, every blind, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. I think right? it would be a great bet, and I'd, I'd be very curious to see what the heavy money would come in on. I mean, you might be able to like find like a local bookie that's still hanging on for dear life since sports gambling's become around. But Good I mean, to Kearns. <laughs> but. But yeah, I don't know. That's. I mean, you could get a twenty on the ACT. I'm not sure Louisville basketball could win twenty games, or you could get like a nine, and people will be like, eh, "I'm not sure Louisville basketball could win ten games." It's a great bet. I honestly don't know where I would go. I, I think I lean towards Louisville basketball. I don't because I don't see Louisville. Ba- I mean, I, I got at least pull ten, right? Are you betting on yourself here? Are you bet it? Would you would you place your own money on your own ACT score over Kenny Payne's win total in year two? Yes. Okay, I like that. For two reasons. One, I th- I think I there's I think I got to get above a ten. And you and don't think we're winning ten games? Yeah. Two, I don't think we're winning ten games. And C, I've lost enough money on Kenny Payne as is. I'm not betting on him again. I feel like that's thirty percent of your like because you've been very very negative towards U of L basketball. A lot they, of people. I have uh, like I I think I've been realistically. I wouldn't call it negative. I think I've been realistic. But you've been like, I don't know if we're going to win five games next yeah. year. Also, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that he cost you $500 less. Well, that and it just, I mean, I, I, last year I tried to stay positive. I think I stay positive as long as anyone you did. You stayed positive for like two weeks. I stand by what I said. I stayed positive as long as anybody no, did. No, there are people that, were, that are still positive to this day. Well, I mean... Those people need to hook me up with their dudes. So, did I mean, you see the? <laughs> speaking of, did did you see the the at go cards? I know it was on the the official U of L Sports Twitter account and the, the official U of L Sports like all their social media channels. I don't know if it was on football or basketball, but there was a picture posted where Kenny Payne went out to, to football practice yesterday. Was he at the volleyball game, by the way? I don't know. Okay, but he was at football practice yesterday, and there's a picture of him like laughing it up and like talking to Jeff Brom in his face, and they posted it, and I was like. I get it. Like it's cool to see the football coach and the basketball coach yucking it up, and you know we love when the the coaches have these types of relationships. But you know what the comments are going to be. Oh yeah. I mean, you, like I didn't even need to look. And, you know, the very first one's like, "Get him away from Brom," and like you know, it's, <laughs> it's like Jeff already halfway to his win total from last year. I was like, like you know, it's just going to be a bad look, and then there's going to be infighting, and people are going to start yelling at each other, and that's exactly what happened on both Instagram I, and Twitter. I'm sure it's been posted, but my, I, I, as I look at the picture, my caption would be. So Jeff, do you know those quarterbacks can they play guard? There, that joke was on there too. It's like I, 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 I hear know you I'm have some guards. It, yeah. Like that, that, yeah, that was that joke was used. Uh, it's, it, I mean, gotta think. Maybe maybe the juice isn't worth the squeeze here. Maybe, maybe he's maybe, asking if we can borrow some money. <laughs> I don't know because he's not to be like go. <laughs> I think he's got plenty of money. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Kenny, Kenny Payne's getting paid, and if he gets let go, he's gonna have even more. So he's he's totally fine. I did listen to somebody sent in. It was actually during the show yesterday. The I think it's the College Football Inquirer. It's the Yahoo Sports, basically, their college football podcast. And Stan Wetzel and, and Pat Forty and some other guys. And they got into the topic of <laughs> Louisville and Indiana and Indiana canceling the last two games of the, of the series and you know, sort of the offshoot conversation about how conference expansion, theoretically, it's supposed to be you know, we're having these blockbuster matchups every weekend, and the reality is we're having fewer and, and fewer regional rivalries and, and you know, more teams playing FCS teams and just kind of crap weeks. And so that was what the conversation was about. And then Pet Forty starts the conversation by saying, "Like I think that this extra money is going to go towards the Kenny Payne buyout fund." And like, <laughs> like right away, it's like doesn't even have to say. And everybody's like, "Whoa!" They're like, "Pat." He's like, "What do you want me to say?" Like he's a nice guy, uh, but it, I was just like, "Geez, like Pat, not holding back at all." But not. I mean, he's there's a very solid chance that he's right. I did see that U of L released officially 
the men's basketball non-conference schedule for the upcoming season today. Now, we already knew, it got, it got released a few weeks ago, the, the actual games. But we didn't know the exhibitions, and we didn't know, you know, maybe some things might change. But we know for a fact the red-white scrimmage, which they said yesterday, I guess two days ago, when they announced the Louisville Live cancellation, is going to be October 11th at the KFC Home Center. We are going to play two exhibition games again this year. They're very early. Usually you have the first one is like right around Halloween, and the second one is like November 2nd, November 3rd. This year on October 18th, we're going to play Simmons College, which is the, the Jerry, Jerry Eve school. school. Yeah, I was going to say. And this is a – You know, they had a basketball program. It's a smart move for Kenny Payne and company because, one, don't, don't play Lenore Ryan again. Let's go ahead and avoid that. We don't want history to repeat itself there. Two, I mean, Simmons College, Simmons College – relative to a D1 program, is terrible. We played them back in 2018. Chris Mack's first year is sort of a courtesy to, to Jerry Eves and honoring the, you know, the new school and, and the historically black colleges and all, and all this. And we beat them by 50. And if you remember that game, it could have been like – we could have won that game by 100. They weren't trying. They looked totally disorganized. It was bad. Two, Kenny Payne has no bigger supporter in the city of Louisville than Jerry Eves. <laughs> if you, you, know, you could talk about all the – you know, UK was taking it easy on EKU because Stoops loves kid and all this stuff. If there ever was a legitimate talking point for somebody taking it easy on somebody else, it would be Simmons College pulling it back a little bit against UofL say, to avoid some sort of massive embarrassment in the first exhibition game for a second straight. Or just roll it over, let let Louisville get back up another fifty point win so they look better and look good. I mean, yeah, like I, I can absolutely way. see that happening. <laughs> Which is fine. No, no, it's not fine. It's sad. It's, it's sad. sad and depressing, But if you're Kenny Payne, you can see why you would want to do that. That is just, that's sad. Of course it is. But that, look, we're not. We're at the point where, like, accepting favors from Simmons College to look better in our win. We won four games last year. I'll accept favors from anybody. I mean, that's just. We will also, on October 30th, we'll play Kentucky Wesleyan. Which is, uh, you know, th- th- they have not been good. Drew Cooper's their new coach. Um, I think he's got a losing record through a couple of seasons. That should be, should, should, should be another walkover opponent. Not quite at the level of um, Simmons College, but y- you should be able to handle Kentucky West. I mean, we blow out, if we, if we win and actually and blow out our exhibition games, do we, do, do we drink Kool Aid on it? No. Okay, good. I'm I mean, we, sure. we, you toast to, to doing what you're supposed to do. But yeah, that's the first step. I mean, it also depends how it looks. Like we won the second game against Chaminade last year, and we still looked. Uh, I, I still was like, man, like they're not playing hard enough. They don't look really focused. They look disorganized. Like it, it depends on how you look too. Like we can beat Simmons College by fifty, and it can still look, you know, a little bit iffy if, if it just looks different. I mean, look, if you're listening to this and you're, you're you're a Louisville basketball fan who's been watching this for most of your life, you're, you're not dumb. You know what good basketball is when you see it. I, I think that. Part of the frustration for the last couple of years for me is people trying to be like, you know, telling fans that are upset, like, you don't know basketball. Like, we've watched this our entire lives. We can tell when guys aren't playing hard enough. We can tell when there's disorganization. We can tell when things aren't right. And from the first five minutes of the Lenore Ryan game last year, things didn't look right. And if you, if you said it at the time, you were just being a hater and you just wanted – you didn't like KP from the beginning and you just – and things – never looked right last year. That's how you end up with a 4-28 and season at a place like Louisville. If they look right through the first two exhibition games and we win by a billion, cool. If, if, if they look wrong and we still win by a healthy amount, I'm going to be kind of concerned. We will find out very quickly next year what this team is made of. Now, we won't find out until they go to New York because, as previously mentioned, the non-conference schedule is 
it's not good it, from a competitive standpoint. You've, you're going to play three really good teams. You know that for a fact. But outside of that, we did not go go beefy here. Like we're playing a lot of bad teams from bad conferences, which is it's fine. I, I, again, if, if this were a team that we were talking about, obviously we all would want them to be in the NCAA tournament. But if we were talking about this team in terms of what seed are they going to be, you know, the best route to to playing in a Final Four, we would want them to to game the system a little bit, to to do what you used to do with the RPI, to make your computer numbers inflated by playing, you know, some decent mid-major teams or decent low-major teams and avoiding playing the worst of the worst. We're not doing this this year because I think our main priority is trying to stack some wins, making sure that it looks a little bit better than last year. And we should, keyword should, (laughs) be able to accomplish that. We're going to open the season against UMBC. I know that that kind of puts a little fear in everybody because – uh, you know, they were the first 16 seed to upset a one, but they were bad last Doesn't year. Doesn't any school put fear in us a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. But they, they were bad last year. They should not be a team that is competitive with us on, on night one. If you're looking at Ken Palm ratings from last year, UMBC, our first opponent, was 252 last year. There are, what, 353 teams in Division One. Still higher than us, though, right? 252 was not higher than us. Oh, I thought we were like 290. God, you may be right. I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I think you blacked it out. I, I think mind. we did this. I think we did this last yeah. time we started the schedule. And I think you ended up being right. Um, but like, honestly, anything below three hundred, I'm going to question. It was just, uh, yeah, I know we were in the two hundreds. I know we weren't. I know we, we, were. I know we weren't three. I know that too. That's exactly. we were two ninety exactly last year. So they were ahead of us. My God, it, I, I think I have repressed some of last year. <laughs> two ninety is unfathomable. Two ninety. There are three hundred sixty-three teams. Question my math scores. You know what I'm going to do? Good God, that's all. It is. Imp- we were one. You, spot- you have repressed it. We we're one spot ahead of Tennessee State. Well, too bad it's not Chattanooga because we play them too. Chattanooga was one eighty-four <laughs> last year. On oh, we're, we're I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about how bad these teams are, and they're all, all of them besides one were finished ranked ahead of us last year. <laughs> Chattanooga's a hundred spots ahead of us. Coppin State is. <laughs> That's your FAMU for this year. They're terrible. They were 338 last year on Ken Palm. All right. That's, now, a, that's our one to look for. Uh, now, Texas was number five last year. We need to go join the MEAC. Texas was an <laughs> Elite Eight team last year. Yeah. They're good. And then you're going to play UConn or Indiana in yeah, the, the second that, game yeah. there. And we, we know those teams are good. Mexico State may or may not have canceled by then. So That's maybe. when I think you get to really judge the team. Because the first three games, again, should being the operative word here. You should take care of business. If you... If you lose one of those or if they're really, really close, I think then you start to panic a little bit. But even if you win those games handily, you're just doing what any Louisville team in the recent history besides last year's would have done. So I don't think that you get to really find out anything about this team until they go to New York and they play two competitive uh, opponents. They'll come back home. They'll play New Mexico State, which on paper seems good, right? New Mexico State, they've dominated the WAC. They've been to, like I think, 13 NCAA tournaments in the last 17 years. But this is an NCAA State, a New Mexico State team that canceled their season in the middle of last year after having two separate scandals, one where a player killed somebody and got shot uh, and was aided and abetted by teammates and coaches. And then somehow that didn't cancel the season. But what did was a hazing scandal where three, um, three teammates reportedly sexually assaulted another teammate. Uh, New Mexico State was... They were bad before they canceled the season. They were 187 on Ken Palm. Again, relative to their standards. Bellerman. You know I'd get have been 187. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bellarmine uh, will come here and play at the end of November. They were 262 last year on Ken Palm. That was a. It was, I told you before the season that was going to be the worst Bellarmine team since they made the move to D1. Yeah. I think they should be slightly improved this year. It's still not a team. I love Scotty. I love Doug. I love that entire program. It's not a team that should come in here 
and be within ten points of you. No, the, just the, just the athletes alone should be able to make a, should get us the win. I get that it's a difficult system to defend. I get that they know what they're doing and they get the most out of their players. But it's sh- you should take care of Bellman. We will go to DePaul next year. <sighs> That's December 9th. DePaul last year was one thirty five on Ken Palm. In any other year, you'd say, DePaul Day's back, let's celebrate. I'm terrified of this game because I don't want to get harassed by DePaul fans for another 365 days. I want to change your Twitter account around, uh, I don't say, December 8th. Yeah, December December 13th, we'll come back home. We will play Arkansas State, who fired after last season former UofL assistant coach Mike Bellotto. They were 287 on Ken Palm last year. They were awful. Pepperdine, October on December 17th, will come here. They won eight games last year. Uh, they, they, they are still... I say rebuilding better they, than us. They've been <laughs> they they were better than us on on yeah on the, by the metrics. Uh, but they finished not. I take it back. Nine and twenty two last year. Uh, that's one of the worst teams in the West Coast Conference. Should beat one of the worst teams in the West Coast Conference. And the non conference schedule will wrap up on December twenty first against Kentucky. So only Coppin State was worse than us in the in the in only the, Coppin State is, was rated lower than us on on Ken Palm. Which I is, mean, with all the conference moving, can we go to the MEAC in basketball at least? <laughs> Maybe we need to get relegated. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're playing. Could we win it? We're playing four teams who fired their head coaches last year. <laughs> One of them is not Pepperdine, who still has Lorenzo Romar as their head coach uh, somehow. But Lorenzo uh, Romar has a job. Lorenzo Romar's the head coach of Pepperdine. Somebody outside of a middle school hired that dude? He's back. He's, ba- he's back, and he's been there since 2018. I think he's probably coaching for his job this year. And, look, we own Lorenzo Romar, so That's pretty much we'll like treat we... him like Washington in the Sweet 16 of 2005. Let's he say. might as well just be Washington. in, like, a partial half-retirement, half-coaching. I mean, you're in Malibu. They don't care about basketball. It's the yeah. prettiest campus in America. It's I mean, yeah, he's, he's just loving life out there right now, going as long as well, – I don't notice. I don't think they play football, Pepperdine. I, don't, I doubt they do, so – I mean, he's probably just just loving loving life on on the beaches. Now, if we're going to talk about this team in serious terms, like you've got I was. A, you have a non conference schedule. There's 13 games here now. You should not. If we're going to be a, a team that overachieves to the point where a bulk of the fan base is excited and a bulk of the fan base wants Kenny Payne to return for year three, whatever your bar is for that, we should not lose more than four games in the non conference portion of the schedule, and that's would still be bad by our terms. If we're a team that's going to be a legitimate threat to make the NCAA tournament, we should not lose more than three games. I think you circle Texas and then the second game against Indiana or UConn. You circle Kentucky for sure. And then, I mean, if you want to talk about going on the road and playing DePaul, who's, they're, they're not good, but they've got talent that has been equal to us in, in recent years. Uh, you can. There's no other team on this list that should beat any Louisville team ever or that would beat any Louisville team ever outside of the last two. So we oh, should. No, no, even the 13 win team, I think, would win some most of these games. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. they, 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 I mean, maybe that team because they did lose a cup. They, they dropped a couple of stinkers early on. Yeah, but, but I think all of those teams were were I mean, Lipscomb team or whoever we lost to uh, was better than most of these. I mean, it, it's a bad non conference schedule outside of the, the the biggest opponents, which is fine. Yeah. But if we don't take care of business, it's not going to be like last year. We lost to not great teams, Wright State. Uh, Lipscomb, Bellarmine, Appalachian State, all of those teams were better than most of these teams uh, are expected to be this year. So if we're playing competitive games against the Chattanoogas and the Coppin States of the world, 
it's going to be a huge, huge red flag early on in the, in, in the year. And if we're beating them, it's not necessarily a great sign that things are just all hunky-dory and we're going to be fine. We're just doing what basically any Louisville team would do. Now, the, the ACC schedule is set to come out, I think, um, I two weeks from, from Tuesday. So t- September 26th. It'll, it'll be out in, in two Tuesdays. And that's when we'll have the official full-on UofL schedule for this upcoming season. So mark the dates, circle your, cal- your calendars, plan your winners accordingly. It's coming. But we have the non-conference schedule now. Suck at Simmons College. We're coming for you. October 18th. <laughs> you want an exhibition game scout on our record for, for, for next season? <laughs> sure. I, I mean, yeah, I thought you were going to ask me this before I could ask you, but I'll ask you. I mean, looking at this, how many wins are we pulling? I think we'll go nine and four. Like you are well more confident than I am. And these teams are bad, Trev. These teams are, are bad. If I know. we are and you know what? Chattanooga somewhere in down in Chattanooga, there's a local sports station right now saying the same thing about us. Well, I don't think Chatt- they, don't, they don't care. There's no Chattanooga <laughs> devoted sports program anywhere. Uh, don't underestimate the, the, the good people in Chattanooga. The mocks. The, the <laughs> mock talk. The lookouts. One of the oldest, one of the oldest minor league teams in baseball. Uh, I think we'll lose four games in the non-conference. Wow. I think we'll lose all the power conference teams we play. I want to I want to see our exhibition games before I I make love the this. fact that that's optimistic. Like, 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 like losing every meaningful that's game we play. Optimistic to me? You know what my prediction was? What? Three. That's, if we only win three games, then we're going to lose out in the ACC. I, I again, not to sound like Jonah Hill, I stand by what I said. Yeah, if we only if we only win three games, we may be worse than last year. I'm, look, I'm looking, I'm looking at you, Coppin State. I'm looking at hopefully maybe Arkansas State or Pepperdine by that point, you and then maybe be Bellarmine. Teams bad. I mean, Mexico State doesn't even have a roster. I said three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I love that I'm like the I'm the sunshine pumper now where I'm like, they're gonna lose to the Paul. <laughs> There's no way they're gonna win the Empire Classic games. We got no shot against Kentucky, but they'll beat the other all the others, you know. I mean you picked only you picked nine so the four losses you've got, I'm assuming, are yeah, I mean It's the four comp, major conference teams we play. You think we'll beat everybody else? Yes. Are you high? What in the how? Because all those teams are worse than anybody we played last year. Besides the games we won. I was just saying, we lost to those teams we played last year. We should be better than we – I'm every expecting us those, to be – Every one of these teams won twice as many games as we did last year. Pepperdine won I – mean, well, yeah. They, they, all, <laughs> they, they all play in terrible conferences. Everybody won twice as many games besides Cal. I know. <laughs> like, this is not being, being completely optimistic. This is actually a pretty <laughs> pessimistic view of the season. But I love how you're like, <laughs> okay, Ramsey. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like, I thought Scoots was gullible, man. Really? Are you buying into the nine? <laughs> right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little IU football. We'll also get to you guys on the Thornton Sacks line at 502-414-14. Why is Whedon football training? Uh, oh, man, I clicked on By the way, yes, I saw that too. It caught my attention. I clicked on it, and I do not agree with one person in, in the damn Twitter universe or X universe. Okay, well, I'll, I'll check it out during the break. We can talk about it. 502 414 the Thornton's text line. We'll be right back. Hour number two is on the way here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961, The Big X. <laughs> 
He got a new mercy, a new grace. Street corner preacher with the angry face. He got two years off for good behavior. Back in the neighborhood of working for the savior. There's two old ladies and a junkie not now. He can see for sure that his work is cut out. Though he walks through the shadows, he won't fear his neighbor. Back in the neighborhood of working for the uh, later on this hour, we're going to give away two tickets to tomorrow night's Racing Louisville match at uh, Lynn Family Stadium. Racing Louisville back home after finishing second at the NWSL Challenge Cup last weekend. They're going to host the Houston Dash. It's Ari Borges and Jalen Howell bobblehead night. If you want to make it out there for free, we're going to hook you up with tickets later on this hour. Uh, we're also going to take text here at 502-414-1450. Trevor, I was out there in the main room. I was like looking around, as I do when we're over here at the remote University of Louisville College like of Business Studios. walking studios. through, like, the Smithsonian almost. There's always something to see. There, there, there's, just, there's stuff everywhere. And I was looking at all the pictures of you know, Dugan on, on the main wall when you walk in. Dugan's got, like, two, like, four rows, basically, yeah. of just pictures, framed pictures of him with famous people. By the way, did you notice Pete Rose was missing? No. The, the, the big Pete Rose. Spears take it? No, <laughs> dude. I think Dugan legitimately, like, got feared of Spears, so he, like, took all this stuff. But Frank came in the other day and was like, I came back and saw it missing. I thought somebody robbed us. I'm like, yeah. They left everything but stole the one B-Rose poster. But I was like, yeah. No, it was it was him. But he, go on, I'm he sorry. You got pictures of him with like Muhammad Ali, yep. him with his arm around LeBron. Yep. Him talk the best one I think is the one of him with Roy Williams, but also Matt Doherty. It's right it's right there. He's like, can we just like crop Doherty out of there? Uh you've got I mean, he's just it's it's a who's who of Dugan with celebrities. Rick Patino's up there. I really want you to take a picture of you with Dugan. And put it up there. Frame it. <laughs> Replace one of the big ones and just see if anybody notices. Just like you, like your goofy face with your arm around Dugan. I know you've got pictures of it with him in the past. I do, I do it, yeah. Put, put it in like the same frame that's up there and put it on just like one of those spots. Like take out, I don't know, Bill Clinton or whoever's up there that he's got a picture with and just put you and Trevor, Trevor Kelsey and Dugan Ryan up there. I, I think there's some good ones on Facebook, especially when I think when uh, from one of like Kim Ryan's birthday parties or something he had out at uh, when so the bar, uh, this bar he used to own out in the South End. I went out there a couple times and hung out and. Yeah, I think there's, there's. I think I can find a good one. Apparently, Patrick. That would be hilarious. Patrick stole by the Pete way. Rose one, by the way. That doesn't surprise me. Let's do this new house. Well, you know, six eighty Ryan over here. Yeah, he's stabbing us in the back, stealing our stuff. Yeah, stealing man. and stabbing. That's what he does. That's what he does. What's, what's going on with Patrick? Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if I can trust him on his on the ACD score he said he got. Is he doing drugs? Is it, he's, he's been in college for no, three he's, weeks. No, he's hadn't been cool enough for that. It's been three <laughs> weeks in college. I think he's already been corrupted by being out of that house. <laughs> I'm worried about Patrick. More where they crept in the house than anything. All of those pictures, all that are all the those are those copies of all those also in the uh, basement at the at the uh, Ryan household. Like the entire the right. magic basement, as we call it, it's, it's got those all over the walls. Yeah, nice. These are just like the duplicates. Okay. So I guess he left them here. He didn't worry about somebody taking them. He's like, ah, oh, these are copies. Say some text here. 502-414-1450. The most recent text right before our, our show is poor Scoots. Gullibles bleep. I know. And it goes, I'm over our crap football schedule. It just goes right into it. I did think about Scoops last night. I felt I felt bad for him. <laughs> we define Scoots love. I feel like I want to text him and see if I can get him to, like, give him. I'm going to see if I can catfish him again. No. Don't. <laughs> We're going in opposite directions here. No. You want to keep messing with him. I want him to find love. Although my history as a matchmaker is horrible. You know, back in, like, your 20s, everyone's always like, yeah, if you, if you know somebody. I feel like every time I've gotten people together. And I think I'm like, yeah, I think they'll really hit it off. They'll go on a couple dates. It ends, it, it goes horribly. I have never been set up by anyone, nor have I ever set anyone You've up. You've never been set up? You never had a friend who's like, yeah, you should talk to my friend, whoever. 
I mean, I guess you could say kind of when I the, the graveyard girl that I dated. Well, that's like <laughs> that, that's. I mean, I you, see why you wouldn't. Want you can say when the, you that. can say the way I met her. I, I was kind of a setup, but I mean, we're playing fast and loose with that term, maybe. So I mean, but outside of that, no, I can't think of name one. I'm not kidding anybody. Like I don't like enough to set them up. Yeah. You have you and you but you've had and. Like, I don't like hearing that you don't have success with it because you're supposed to be one. You're finding me love right now. I know. And the closest I've come is a. a, a, a Why did you to do something? The closest I've come is a dude that's that, that's trying to get money over the text and a, and a dude that sounds like a woman. Look, that was a year ago. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get back out there. We need you to go more drive throughs. Meet, meet more people at more drive throughs. The, uh, the girl at the Burger King drive through here was kind of nice to me one day. There you go. That's a- she saw I had an Arby's bag, and she was like, do they have jalapeno poppers over there? I'm like, I think they do. That's the <laughs> great meat cute. <laughs> you ever seen the Beavis and Butthead movie? I see you have braces. I have braces, I, too. <laughs> I, I have braces as well. Best, best line of the whole movie. <laughs> Texture says, Bourbon and Beyond is this weekend. If Trevor could pick one band from it to hang out with or smoke with, who would it be? Same question for Mike, minus the smoking, I assume. No. Um, well, now. You've got, I mean, I can't, yeah. Brandy Carlisle, Billy Springs, Strings, Train, The Killers, Duran Duran, Hozier, or Hosier, whatever it's called. I mean, Black Crows, Avid, I would choose, choose the Avid Brothers. Black Crows is a good one. Billy Springs would be a good one. I can't read the. the I can't read the bottom acts. ones either. Yeah, my oh, Babyface is on here. Oh, but Babyface does he even smoke? I don't make, even care if he does or not. I'll smoke. He is watch. You can make Babyface. Um. Oh, I tell you one. I would right off the bat, and this is maybe for nostalgic reasons, but Blondie. Call me. I mean, could you imagine? I'm hearing some of the stories of the drugs they did in the '70s. That would be that would be entertaining, especially while I'm smoking. Is Blondie a band, or is it just the one person? It's a band. Deborah, band. Deborah Harris is the lead singer. Deborah Harris. Yeah, that's who you're thinking of. Well, come on. Um, yeah, Black Crows, you mentioned uh, Duran Duran. Well, maybe I could be decent. I'm sure they have great stories. Black Keys. I mean, a Black Keys might be. I don't know. They probably don't smoke. They seem like kind of posers a little bit about that. Just imagine that everybody smokes. Everybody wants to have a good time with you. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm sticking with more uh, top three be Blondie, Black Crows, and uh, Billy Strings. I like the Avid Brothers a lot. I can't see any of the again secondary acts. So there maybe there's somebody cool that I like. Yeah, I guess I can't read. City it and either. Color, I know I like. Who's that? City and Color. They had a good song called "The Girl." I know in Living Back Color. In the day. Great show. It was, especially the first couple seasons. Bourbon Beyond. By the way, I told you to turn the break. Like, so, so my mom's going to Bourbon and Beyond. Like, so Nancy's you and me, getting out there. We've talked about like how long it's been. Because what was the last concert you went to? Even though you're not a big concert guy, it's been a long time, hasn't it? It's been three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. And my my last one, I think was, I guess it was. I mean, I, I guess it was the Guns N' Roses concert I went to, but which was like five years ago. It's um, been, I think, since twenty. It was like twenty nine, late twenty nineteen. But yeah, my, I think I don't think my mom's been to one since I took her to see Aerosmith and Kiss uh, for her birthday, but. Uh, she's going. My cousin, uh, my cousin Liv, the one you know, the, Tyler, the one that had to that, that, that asked for the car rides. Then had to do a dastardly to actually text me last night, going, "I'm getting a ride home. Me and my husband are getting a ride home from the concert with a friend of ours. Do you think you could come and pick up your mom when the show's over and bring her home?" Oh, I'm like, on. "Like really? You want me to drive like into trap into that traffic and then just sit there?" And I don't just, like this cousin. I'm like, I was like, no. I was like, can you order an Uber? I'll pay for it. Like, <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, but they're going to see Bruno Mars, and I think my mom wants to see. She says she doesn't. She only wants to go see Bruno, but 
My mom, I think, wants to see Blondie. Now, why wouldn't you want to see Blondie? I'd want to see Blondie. I want to see both. That sounds like a good yeah. show. I mean, I don't know anything. I know more Blondie songs. I know Bruno songs, but get your grenade for you. I would know one Bruno song. You know that. Texas says, "Are y'all ready for Navy versus Memphis State tonight?" I mean, nothing says football like Navy versus Memphis State. No, I know Trevor's, the, yeah, Trevor's he, gonna watch that. He's not gonna watch the Eagles Vikings. He's <laughs> all about Navy Memphis State. <laughs> Damn right. Hey, my grandmother was in the Navy. The Thursday night game. The waves. What? She was a wave. What do you mean a wave? It was a, it was a form of the Navy uh, she was part of. It was, uh, it was like women, something, something. Oh, cool. She was, she was in the Navy, yeah. My dad was in the Navy. I'm still not familiar with the wave. So he always cheers for the middies. Uh, I'll, I'll cheer for the middies as well. I cheer for him against anybody, but especially against Memphis because bleep Memphis State. But it, like, I, I agree. The one thing that – and I know we had this conversation last year. We probably had it two years ago too. The one thing that does suck about the NFL moving to Thursday night is the games, the college games on Thursday night have been – they used to be like a showcase game. It used to be something that you would get excited about, and now they've just been crap for the last couple of years because they know they can't compete with the NFL. Outside, let me see if you have where our mind or how linked we are. Other than anything Louisville, not, not Louisville counted, uh, excluded, what, like, is there a Thursday night game that is memorable to you? Um, there's one that right away pops my mind. It's not a blackout game. There's two. Okay. Virginia beating Florida State. That's the first one. Thank you. We, I knew there's a reason yeah. why we connect. Yeah. And then Oregon State beating USC. A few I don't remember later. that one It's a big as upset, much. too. If but I yeah. was going to guess, another one would have been West Virginia falling short against Miami. I remember, I, I remember that one, when the, too. Yeah, the guy got run over. By the tight end. Yeah. I, I was at Dayton. I remember watching that. Because that was, that was like the height of the U when you know, they, were, yep. they were going strong. I think that was actually the same 4 team that you know, we should have beaten. Uh, I thought it was Shockey, the one that ran him over, but I couldn't Who knows? Kellen Winslow. Oh, was it Winslow? Soldier. Yeah. Soldier. He's going to war. I think that was that game, actually. Now, I, and I, I don't know the history of Thursday Night Football, but, like, yeah, that, that – Florida State Virginia one was one of the first ones I remember even watching. Really, because it snapped their like thirty-two game ACC it was winning. Florida State's first ever ACC That's loss. Right. Yeah, Tiki Barber and uh, Warren's work done came up short at the one yard line. It's a great game. Yeah, and this I knew there was we're on the same length here. Yeah, yeah, we think alike. Texture says it's terrifying. Texture, says, how did uh, <laughs> how did the Jeff Brom coaches show go last night? I did not listen to it. I didn't get a chance to hear it either. I was doing the game. I didn't even get a couple weeks ago. They had some summaries. I think because all of the reporters were at the uh, the volleyball match the, at the Yum Center, there was like nobody really important. Yeah, if if Jeff was ever going to get away with just saying some crazy bleep, last night was the time to do it because there was <laughs> there was there was nowhere for the CJ. He's like, I think we're going to beat Indiana by a hundred. Like just just go ahead and throw that out there. It didn't make any news. It's not going to make headlines last night. Uh, <laughs> he thoughts like Kenny Payne. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to show up and ask me for coaching advice the other day at the field. I'm like, dude, go away. Everyone <laughs> in football knows Tom Allen's a moron. Everybody <laughs> knows he's an absolute putz. They told me they'd fire him yesterday if they could. <laughs> now, Brom was at the game, right? He, can we confirm I, that? I haven't seen him. They didn't I've, show him on any clips. Because, again, like his coach show ended at 8. So if he got if he went he was gonna be late for sure. No, but he could have. I mean, yeah, it could have been over by the time he got there. He probably thought it was gonna go five sets. But I didn't see any of the social media channel. I, I may have just missed it. I showing looked, any of the coaches that were there. No, you haven't. You I don't think you're not the only one's missed it because I looked through it earlier and I didn't see anything either. So that's why I was curious. But he was there. I mean, I know he was at their their matches last December. Yeah. So he's Jeff Brom loves volleyball. And he just loves Louisville. He loves Louisville too. Texas says, first the Georgia Tech game and then last night. Mike was up with all these Rutherfords taking it to us. The Rutherford on UK's team last night was the only reason they didn't just get completely stomped last night. But we're beating them. I said at the beginning of the show, Rutherford's trying to come up against Louisville. 
You're going to get taken down a peg. You may have your own individual stats, but it's a team game. You, Rutherford's can't topple Louisville. The Rutherford energy is too strong over on this Well, it's because we've got the original Rutherford. Damn right. And it's like, you ever seen the movie Multiplicity? No. Great movie with Michael Keaton, underrated. Don't put it on the list. And they get a, he makes a copy of himself so he could do more stuff in life. Then the copy gets overwhelmed, so he makes a copy. Then by the third copy, he's kind of a little slow. That's like these, these are all copied Rutherfords. The original is the best, and that's why it's sitting right here undefeated. Patrick says Jeff split from the coaches show at about 7.40 and said he was going. Thanks for that dynamic. He said he was going. We still don't have any confirmation. Patrick, is this the type of reporting that 680 is getting right now? I'm, cu- I'm curious. Did you tell us this before after you told the 680 host this information? He also said there's no way TK only knows one Bruno Mars song. You, have, you know more than one Bruno Mars song. I know uh, Uptown Funk. You know, like, Grenade. I'd catch a grenade for you, yeah, yeah. Throw my hand on a blade for you. Great lyrics, but no. You don't know that song? No, not familiar. If I've heard it, maybe I've heard something in a commercial, but I don't know it was him. You've definitely heard. I mean, Bruno Mars has, like, a billion songs that have been all all over the place for the last 15 years. I like Uptown Funk. If you know Uptown Funk, then you know... If he's got something that I've heard, like, in a commercial, but just didn't know it was him, or I heard it on a TV show in a movie... I guarantee you. I, I mean, I may have heard it, and I, maybe I, I just didn't know it was him. So 24 karat magic in the air. They all do kind of sound the same, now that I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. I mean, you, there's no way you don't know. You only know one brutal. So, again, I don't uh, – consciously, I don't know if I know more than one. I can only name you one, though. There's people in comas since 2008 who know at least three Bruno Mars songs. I didn't know Bruno, I didn't know Bruno was in Top Down Funk. Texas, having Danny Buscombe Kelly is what it feels like to have a great coach. You know that no matter what, your coach is going to put you in the best position to succeed, whether you win or lose. We lost to Texas and Wisconsin deep into the NCAA tournaments because they had freakish talent. It's a nice feeling to be so confident in your coach. Absolutely. I mean, that's like, like I think that's all you can ask for. If you run up against a team with just superior talent, it's going to happen. I mean, no, that, I mean that's Wisconsin everybody in every sport. Was, yeah, I mean. But to know that, like, to know that it's not going to be a a thing where we're going up against it just because of a bad game plan or because our players aren't motivated or because we just don't have somebody who knows what they're doing in games is such a helpless feeling. And you're right. Like with volleyball, like, you know, if we get beat, it's just going to be because the other team was better that day and they had a little bit more talent, but we're always going to be prepared. We're always going to give maximum effort. We're always going, our players are always going to be in the best position to succeed. And that's what the best coaches do. And she's the best coach. It's a great radio interview answer. Well, it's, it's right. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Texture says there is very little difference made between uh, – Texture says the wrestler show makes the city look like a big trailer park. There's very little differentiation made between Hazard, KY, and Louisville. They show B- fo- B-roll footage of, like, what the walking bridge, and the next shot is some rundown part of Preston Highway. Only Trevor would get excited by seeing Well, first of all, this, that rundown part of Preston Highway, that's where the wrestlers live. That's why I was showing it at their house. You can't house. just show, like, waterfront tower penthouse. I mean, <laughs> they're not living there. You want to see that? Look at the part when it goes to Matt Jones, okay? Like, yeah, when you see, like, uh, I mean, a lot of the footage was also, I don't even know which one it is, apparently, like, um, uh, Holly Hood, her mom, like, I guess, manages a, 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 um, the, the, the food department of a hotel, Holiday Inn. I don't, know, I don't remember they they said which Holiday Inn it was. I'm sure most people will tell me, but. Like so, she works there. Hollywood works apparently works as a bartender. Her boyfriend, who's also a wrestler, works there in the kitchen. Another wrestler works there. They've seen, it. and they showed multiple wrestlers working there. And a lot of the footage has been from that Holiday Inn, that whichever has a bar and a restaurant. Yeah, 
Scoots maybe no, he's in the restaurant business. He's in the. It's not a glamorous life, which is why it makes it such an attractive option for a, a doc series like this. No, and they said it early early in the show. I mean, this is. I mean, wrestle you you wrestle you work to support your wrestling. You know what? I would like to see a documentary series on, and it's not it's not quite to this level, but I think it's fascinating. Minor league baseball players that didn't have a huge like signing bonus that weren't drafted out like outside journeyman. the first round. Yeah, even, basically, because yeah. they like. I had no idea until one of my buddies, a guy I played with my entire life, who made it as far as AAA. But him talking about like what life was like and you know, oh, rookie league and all this stuff. And he was a guy who was he ended up being the all-time hits leader in the Big East at West Virginia. I don't know if he still has the record, but he still like he was kind of a tweener. Like, didn't have a real position, wasn't a big power guy, and so he got drafted. I think like thirty third, thirty fourth round back when the draft had a billion rounds, mm. and. He always like, he was a, an all star at the single A level, the double A level. He was hitting like 280 one year in AAA. But they had a guy, the White Sox organization had a guy who was like a he was a bonus baby. He was a first round draft pick who he, he was not performing well. But they're going to give their their chances in the in the show to the guys that they've already invested that much money in. And so Tyler would always talk about like, you know, like I'm I'm working off season jobs. Yeah, you know, this is I'm a professional oh, bet, athlete. Yeah. But I've you know I'm substitute teaching during you know the off months. Like I'm doing whatever I can. And he's like, all these guys are doing it. You, know, you can't make a living, you know, making fifteen thousand dollars from playing minor league baseball. I mean, it's just it was it was kind of a crazy thing. And I the mean, travel's nuts. It's just I'm you're sure probably a cool story. You're probably you know letting you give them like four other teammates to save money yeah. in an apartment. Yeah, you know it's funny. And you're gonna make, give me crap for bringing this up again because it's the second time today. But I mean, yeah, being in the life of like a in the minor leagues, probably more so is definitely single A and double A and and the rookie ball is. Like the life of growing up in Hades and territory wrestling, like where you're, you're just. I sure. mean, like you said, you're working multiple jobs. You watch the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Work, which is one of my top ten favorite films of all time. I love it, you know, and and you know him working at a grocery store and wrestling on the weekends. And I mean, it's yeah, that's how it is. I mean, one of the, some of the bigger wrestlers in AEW, you know, guys like Adam Page talks about, you know, how he came up in this business. He was a, a teacher in West Virginia, and he wrestled during the summer and on the weekends. And he had you know, a lot of them do that, it's, which also tells you, I mean, not, not just for minor league. I know that the, a lot of it's a dream of ch- they're chasing getting to the majors and for these guys getting to WB or AEW. But, you know, it's also just kind of shows you the love they have for what they're doing. That I mean, the sac- I mean, it's, uh, sacrifice is sure. no, uh, there's not a better word to use because, I mean, they're, they don't need to be doing it. They're, they're, but I think that would be a good part of the story, too, is that at some is. point you have to find uh, – it, it comes a time to, like, Enough's enough. Like, like my buddy got to – he was so close. I mean, he played AAA baseball for two or three years, and when it became apparent that he, like, he was dating a girl that he wanted to marry, you know, they wanted to start a life together, and you know, baseball wasn't going to pay for that. And so I think he went to an independent league at one point and then just hung it up. And I think that you know, it's, it's – like there's something to be said for, for every story about a journeyman, 29-year-old, 30-year-old who spent their, their lives in the minors and mm-hmm. finally gets that call up and has a you know, run of success in the majors. There are a 1,000 guys that probably, you know, they're done. Like, they get to 26, 27, 28, and it's just not worth it for them anymore, and they rightfully walk away from the game. It's like, I think that would be a, an interesting storyline. I mean, that's a picture, especially if you're, like, in your mid-30s and you're in a single A, and probably almost all your teammates are, like, 19, 20 years old. That's too. I mean, it's got to be like, okay, where am I? You know, what am, what am I doing? And Texas, I'm going to the IU game with my uncle, who's an IU fan. I was telling my girlfriend that I don't know how I would cope with a loss. She very correctly said, we won't lose – they're cowards. The vibes are right. The vibes are pretty good this week. And they are cowards. They're definitely cowards. Burr. Patty says, have you seen TJ's Twitter poll? 
Um, is that like a euphemism or something? Or? Uh, I'm not. It's not, the new Twitter. I cannot find anybody. Like I type in TJ Walker and he like doesn't pop. Oh, you up. never. Oh, I, I don't know what it is about TJ either. For some reason he doesn't come up with mine either. I type TJ. I get Bisner right away. But Terry's following me. We're telling each other. And yeah, I, I, it's so annoying. I, I literally cannot find him. I, what my best thing to do is I go to I just go to the because I'm on the station. I just go to the station mentions and usually I can find him somewhere in there. That's what I'm gonna have to do because now I want to see him have a Twitter poll. It's yeah, the, the new Twitter is just so obnoxious. Also on desktop, which I know I'm like one of five people that still use desktop Twitter. It's impossible to use now. You can't see likes. You can't see retweet. Like what the whole like conspiracy theory that he's just he bought this thing to ruin it. I think is is gaining more and more momentum by the day because it's becoming just totally unusable. Uh, oh, there he is. It's TJ Walker. Like, why? I, I typed in TJ Walker. How does his name not? Oh, pop I know. Up? And it's, it's, it's I, trust me. I don't know what it is about TJ's account. I've had the same issue trying to find it sometimes too. Oh, he he ran a poll of higher total Trevor's ACT score or U of L basketball win total, and he got about four hundred votes, and I dominated. Eighty five percent. Keep in mind, these are UK fans. 85% think your AC well, score is going to be higher than U of L basketball's win total. 343 votes. I would have, if TJ, if you left that vote up longer, I'd have voted on it too. I'd have voted myself for myself. I'm voting for basketball. He just thinks Trevor gets a 12. <laughs> oh, God. And he still thinks that, that he's going to win. Even if I get a 12, I still think I'm going to win. Hmm. Uh, Sean Moth texted in. He said, uh, minor league baseball is fascinating, but now they pay for housing, so it's changed a little bit. It's about time. Said Tyler could swing it. I did his games at WVU. His coach was nuts. I've well, I've heard stories. Like, did they, they do that for AAA or all the way down, even double and single A? I wonder. It sounds like they do it for all the. I wonder if that's. I guess since Major League Baseball technically bought minor league or owned it now, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah, I guess it's well that that's helpful as well. But yeah, it's still. You're right. I mean, you're still. You know, you're not. Still making hand over fist money when you're in those those levels. Text says long text, but hopefully interesting. I decided to look at what t- to see what uh, group of five teams have schedule availability for 2024. Here are the teams as far as I can tell. Florida International, Florida Atlantic, Central Michigan, Rice, Utah State, UConn, and Army. We okay. can also look at doing a home-and-home with Oregon State or Washington State in 24-25, depending on what their conference plans are starting next year. Lots of teams have 2025 openings right now, so I didn't dig too much into that. FAU wouldn't be bad. That's got some nice connections to it. Now, the only thing that I've heard since then, like somebody told me that U of L already has an opponent in place that they or we mean ready to put in place. Or? Yeah, that, that they were ready for IU to go ahead and cancel the both games, oh, yeah. and that they had planned accordingly, and that there, there will be an announcement coming up relatively soon. I've they, I've got no idea who that is, but it would have to be obviously somebody that has like, if it's going to be one opponent for a home and home or one opponent for two home games. It'd have to be somebody who has their slate clean for both 24 and 25, or a spot open, I mean, for 24 and 25. Or willing to open a spot to make that happen. Yeah, but Maybe it sounds, it sounds like U of L was prepared. They weren't caught. No, well, they should, should be, because as we said, I mean, we, we knew that I mean, IU was teasing it this months ago. Yeah. I guess they, we, we thought the, at that, that time, though, we just thought they were going to drop the, the third game and keep the home and home. Or the neutral, was it neutral and home for us, I guess, would have been right. No, the, 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 we knew they had to play the neutral game. Yeah, but I mean, the home, who was next year? Next year was supposed to be our next home. year was our home game. Yeah, and then two years from now, because like they had said initially they wanted to cancel all three. So I think we had to have known that, that canceling the last two were going to be yeah. was was more. You weren't canceling this year. That one, yeah, that definitely wasn't going to happen. 
Texas says, let's say you all actually talk to a bookie at Kearns. How do you describe Trevor to them to let them make the money line? Do you just show Trevor to them? I think we just play a show for them. I think, just let me sit down for five minutes. Give me five minutes. No, I think the only way to do it, if we're being serious, if we need, you know, because like, people are serious when they set lines for gambling. Yeah. There's money involved. I yeah. think you would have to play them the entire you telling your story about taking the ACT. <laughs> we have to play them that hour. That hour. Where like, I preface it, I say what happened. Give you give them your background, and then you talk about your experience, and then because I mean you do give kind of an, an insight to what you think you scored on each particular section. I did, so they could say, "Hmm, he thinks he got a 13. I'd say anything from a like 10 to a 17 is possible. Let's set line that way." But the math and science are the ones that are just like up in the air the most because they're the ones that I know I guessed on the most. Yeah. So I mean, I could go anywhere from like a, a two to a twenty to a thirty-two. You think you got above a twenty in English? You're you're very confident. I'm very confident. I do English well. If you don't get above, what if that's the first section you see and it's like a third? It's like a thirteen. You're gonna be like, oh boy, run for the razors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling plugs over here on this radio show, so nothing else goes on here. I'm hanging up on Sean. Sorry. <laughs> I gotta show you this video of this kid opening. It's one of my favorite videos of all time. He opens his ACT score and he starts it off. And he's so like. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Like, I kind of did like a little abracadabra thing. Did you ever do that? Where it was like, abracadabra was that you just used the A, B, C. You just fill out. Oh like, yeah. Well, you couldn't way. do this with this though. Yeah. He's like, I kind of did that, and like he reads the score, and he's like, oh, okay. He's like, I got a 14, and he starts like reading, and he gets like, he stops joking. He just goes, Jesus Christ, <laughs> as he looks at his scores. I was like, that's gonna be Trev. I mean, I, I thought of the ab- abracadabra, but, uh, but, the, but the, the, on, on the ACT it goes. Uh, a, B, C, D. And then it's E, F, G, H. E, F, G, H, yeah, yeah, something like that. I forgot yeah. that. They switch it around. No, I'm, the only thing I'm worried about with, when the scores come in and, and Sean does the, the revealing of it for me. And now, and, on your feet. I'm just worried that, like, I'm going to – honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to cuss on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I'm not saying it could be good or bad curse, but I have a feeling like if, if he comes out and he's like English – Seven. I'm gonna be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> or the next one, he's like, math, twenty eight. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna come out like like Brian Lewis. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> Texas having a day to think about it, and knowing Heard already worked in uh, season, it worked an in season deal with Mac to leave. Would you give the bold idea from yesterday to attempt mutual agreement to leave before the season starts? An interim staff of Luke, Steve, and the gang. It does sound like a better and necessary idea. A later doesn't. No, I, I'm still I'm still against the idea. I mean, if you're getting rid of Kenny Payne in the season, you're, you're promoting someone from the bench anyway, right? I mean. Yeah, we're we ready for the Danny Manning era. The Nolan Smith era would be a little bit haywire. That'd be interesting. I'll give you that. If anything, it would be interesting off the court. It's, the, the interest off the court will be determined on what happens on the court. Yeah, hell of a season on Twitter for sure. That would be, yeah, that would at least give us something to talk about other than maybe losing. Texture says Trevor thinks that he and a group of five year olds could beat this year's men's basketball team. <laughs> Ooh, how how tall are the five year olds? <laughs> Texas, if Brom like ends up having five year old Greg Olden, I bet I could maybe. 
Texas and Fromm ends up having more wins in year one than the basketball team has in two seasons with KP, then replace the dunking Cardinal at center court next season with a picture of Walter White lying on the ground at the end of Breaking Bad. Spoiler! <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just envisioning us playing basketball. With Walter White in the middle of the court. Just bullet hole ridden, just lying, staring up blankly into the sky. I mean, that's the hardest, that's the, the funniest image I've had in a long time. I mean, it would just be, at least we could laugh at ourselves. That would be. <laughs> that's so, we're already like doing you that. You're Bell Bell's a new court. Oh my God. Uh, things are bad. We'd have to pay a lot of money for the rights, I'm sure. Texas says two questions. Uh, one, Mike, why the bleep do you always have relatives trying to beat the cards? I told you. Just you know, leave, leave it alone. Two, why the bleep have you not had DBK on the show again? Well, they need to initiate it. Like, we, we, we famously don't ask guests to come on the show. People have to reach out to us if they want to come on. We, we, we try to be nice to people by not like bringing them on. Like, if they want to come on, and by that's their own problem. Well, it would cause Trevor to work. We don't, want, we don't want that to happen. We can't have that. It's always on. <laughs> you do produce me. the show. And I'm doing a damn good job of it. <laughs> Texture says, mark my words. We are in the curse of Rick Patino, and this curse will not end until U of L issues a public apology to Patino and welcomes him back with open arms. I don't think Patino even cares at this point. I don't think he does either. I mean, he was fine to do the Russ Smith video. Like, you, I don't think he's. I think he's just as like, you know what? I'm living. You got what you got. I'm living a great life. I don't even care. I, I, I you think don't think a part while, of him though sees how bad we were last year and kind of like smiled a little bit though. Oh no, for sure. Okay, he absolutely yeah, I mean, is that, that, that's, taking that's, some pleasure in, in what happened. Like he's not rooting against us, but he he yeah he's not paying attention to us. But when he sees across the screen that we lost again and we're two and thirty or whatever, he's probably I mean, there's no way he's not. smiling. I think what he bit. takes I, I don't think he takes pleasure in like people like you and I and the fan base feeling pain or even no. the people that are at U of L now. But I think he takes pleasure in knowing that like. The people who he feels were the reason why he got ousted, looking back, looking more and more dumb, and the, the fan base turning on them, and maybe them feeling bad about what went down. I think that's what he takes joy in. And there's no question Tom does. I think so. <laughs> I don't think he would ever admit it. I think there's got to be a part of him that's like, well, I feel like there's, there's Tom. Yeah, the one want? thing Tom would admit, there's to me, saw us lose last year, he popped up with a beard, gave it a cheers. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I, there, You're right. There has to be a part of you. There has to be a part of you that is let go eventually. No, they, well, that the let goes, but also like a little part of you that's like, hmm, you know, hate to see it. Like that's you know, sucks for you. But I think that I, I don't think it's as malicious as maybe some people. Maybe it is. I, I don't know. But I, I, I think Patino. Think. I think Patino at this point just like doesn't care. We has, he has enough time removed. You know, he's. The family that he had here in Louisville has, I think, almost all of them are are now in New York or Florida. Like, you know, there's just there's and he's not coaching really... at St. John's in yeah. in New York. I mean, I think he sees it as, as a perfect final chapter for him. I think I know he loves the city of Kentucky. I know he loves the city of Louisville. But I mean, let's be honest: the only one that would match it would be, or if not Trump, in his eyes, would be probably New York City. Yeah, I think he's so, he's yeah, going out the way that I think he wants to go out, as long as the team has success. I think they'll be okay. Texas says, revision to the horrific question somebody asked you on your podcast. I, to, a bunch of people have brought this up to me. I, I would it. not have read this question if I – I started reading it before I, I, I knew what it said. I would not never have read that question if I'd known what it entailed. Well, I want to know what the question was. The question the, – the Is question this the horrific question that was asked to you? What? Is this the horrific question that you were asked? It, yes, it was bad. But I want to know. Okay. The question was, would you rather watch your parents do the deed – Every single day for the rest of your life, or join in once. Uh, awful, awful question. Are these biological parents? Y- yeah. Okay, just got to clarify that. 
It's a popular popular uh, category now. So this so this person <laughs> says revision to the horrific question that somebody was asking on your podcast. Instead of it being your real mother, okay. it's your stepmother who is mildly attractive and entered your life at the age of ten. <laughs> Does that change your answer at all? No, no, it doesn't. It's still your real dad, right? Yeah, I'm not getting involved in a sex act with anybody in my family. Foster parents, I'd consider. No, I wouldn't. That's it's too weird. It's great. It would ruin your life. You would never be able to get over it mentally. Well, Although either you may, or. You may not be able to get over, get over was, watching it mentally. Yeah, I was going to say. It's, was, a, it's why it's a horrible question. It's the worst question anybody's ever asked it's me. It's going to be the worst thing. Of like sitting there, beep, beep, beep. What's that alarm? Oh, i got to go watch my parents do it. Be right back. Oh, God. <laughs> Texture says, uh, Blondie is led by Debbie Harry, not Deborah Harris, Trevor. Oh, that was Harris. Okay, my bad. Texture says, have you boys had the big Debbie game burger? Debbie and Deborah, same thing. Now. Have you had the big game burger at Arby's yet? It'll change your life. Oh, yeah, the cards win at Indy, too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have the big game I have not had that at Arby's, I know though. what that is. I, I saw, I, you know, I did. Years. I just saw that, and I just I saw the thing for a burger, but I just assumed it was the same, like, Wagyu burger or whatever. I didn't know there was something <laughs> different about it. I don't know. I'll, I'll check that out, then. I was just Arby's today and got me a French dip. Texture says, TJ is definitely shadow banned on Twitter, clearly. What is shadow banned? It's when, like, you're not actually banned, but, like, the the people who run the site can, like, throttle your account so that nobody, like, sees you. You don't show up in anybody's search results, anything like that. I, get, I feel like I've gotten a lot less engagement since there was a change. I can see that. Uh, TJ says the old Twitter regime shadow banned him. Not the Elon. Not not Elon. Elon loves TJ. Well, Twitter's TJ's also got his burner. You have a burner account, don't you? I don't. You've asked me that several times. I, have, I don't. I still don't believe you. I think you do. You can check my phone if you want to. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Texas, I don't think there's any way Trevor got above a 12 on the English section. Those answers are designed to have two possibilities. So I guess so. I could have guessed two things. No. Yeah. Sure. He also, he also almost had it up with the wrestling talk, apparently. Texas, did you see the obvious Gilio pod from yesterday? Watch Gilio go off on the on the NC. I did not see it. I will watch it. Uh, since you sent it in, I'll watch it after the show. Texas, Mike, you should ask your former co-host uh, how Jurich feels about the four-win season. You should, Shadoria. First of all, John didn't write that letter. I'm telling you, I firsthand, he did not. I know who did. John didn't do it. Uh, but he. No, I just got destroyed. Yeah, I got that now. I know exactly what he was. <laughs> I saying. forgot about that for a second. <laughs> I really want. I've I've tried to have John on to coast the show a couple of times because I really and truly wanted to have John on during the basketball season to see how he would handle talking about a team that there was no way to paint positively. Because if we had, do, had done the show together, yeah, I mean there were there were some down times when John and I were doing the show, and I think you know his brand was obviously ultra positive all the time, and I kind of had to come in and be. Yeah, a little bit more of the, like, I, I actually think that losing by 40 was bad. But, <laughs> like, last year, I mean, we did Not 20. as bad as 45. <laughs> we did the 2018 football season together, and, and like, he tried for, for a long time. And then it finally got to a point where even he had to be like, I, I, mean, I don't <laughs> I don't think this is good. I, they're still working hard in practice, but that's not maybe not going to let us beat Clemson this weekend. Like, I wanted to have John on just to have him talk, see if he would just be, like, how he would react to us being – you know, two and twenty-four, or whatever we were at the time that he would have come on the show, because I was fascinated to know how he would have handled it. I'm just want to make sure he's he's okay. I mean, going through that season as positive, positive as he normally is, tries to be. I mean, I just I worry to make sure he's you know being it's okay good. with John's it. John's doing great. Good. He's always doing great. We haven't had him. He's only been on your show once since you've come back. There's says, Mike. <laughs> only white people will think about having sex with parents. Good grief, or join. Well, I'd hope that nobody would think about having sex with parents. 
Why's it got to be a white thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. yeah, I get. I mean, no, I, I disagree. See, it, it, we're more we're more prudish than any other 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 race. I think. And that's why we, we. That's why we left. That's why we left Europe and came to America. And we're based on prudes. I don't think we're as kinky as you think we are, buddy. Speak for yourself. No, not me. No, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a horse of a different color. No pun intended with this situation, but uh, yeah, I'm no. Two, <laughs> uh, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to give away two tickets to this racing Louisville game tomorrow night. We'll do that. Keep it locked right here. If you want to go to see racing Louisville take on Houston Dash tomorrow night, I do, I do, I at do. At Lynn Family Stadium, we're gonna hook you up with two tickets coming up after the break here on the Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on Philly theme today. Oh, yeah, you know it is. Tonight? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Of course. There you go. That makes sense. I mean, so a little mix of uh, some, some hollow notes, which I haven't heard yet. Roots. And, uh, of course, I got bought, bought my man Amos Lee, big Eagles fan as well. And then little boys to men there, too. So, yeah. We'll talk a some little, of your finest. We'll talk a little Eagles-Vikings at the, at the end of next hour. We'll pick tonight's game. I, I, I don't like that it's being framed as, like, two teams trying to get right after disappointing week ones. I'm like, you can't compare we, what happened to Philadelphia, who won their game on the road, yeah. to what happened to, to Minnesota, who lost to the Baker-Mayfield zombie bucks. Like, that, you know, that was a, a terrible loss. But uh, speaking of going to games, games that are back home, purple teams, Racing Louisville at home tomorrow night. It's going to be an 8 p.m. kickoff against Houston Dash. We want to hook you up with two tickets. We're going to make that happen right now. The first person to correctly answer this question on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450 is going to get hooked up with the two free tickets to tomorrow night's match. Here we go. So Louisville plays Indiana on Saturday. We've talked about the fact that Louisville's never beaten Indiana. They've only played twice in the history of the program. Who was Louisville's coach for both of those games against Indiana? Two losses. Way back when. Who was, first in, person who to, was Indiana's coach? Who cares? Who, first person to correctly answer the question, who was Louisville's coach for both of its losses to Indiana at 502-414-1450? You're going to get free tickets to tomorrow night's match uh, against – racing Louisville match against the Houston Dash. Tomorrow I, on the show. Well, yeah, you know, I thought it would be a good trivia question just to throw out there. Who did Trevor think – what famous musician answer, did Trevor think is, was his proctor at ACT? <laughs> we have a winner. <laughs> The correct answer, Howard Stellenberger in 1985 and 1986. His first two years on the job, we both played Indiana on the road. Uh, lost 48-21 in 85 and 21 to nothing in 1986. In case you're wondering, Bill Mallory was their coach. Cool. Uh, Pele's mom is not correct, Texter. <laughs> 
But well done. Uh, Texter, I will get your information yeah, yeah. during the break. We'll hook you up with your tickets. Tomorrow we will give away. I really think we could. I guess they just assumed we played in the 70s, maybe. Tomorrow we will give away two tickets to Saturday's Louisville City FC game. Both teams back home this weekend. It's going to be an action-packed weekend out there at Lynn Family Stadium. And look, weather's beautiful. Best time of the year. Both teams in playoff push. The the uh, stretch run of the season. Perfect time to make it out there to Lynn Family Stadium and enjoy some weekend soccer. All right. Well, what were you trying to say now? You have to let me get through my spiel. We have sponsors. Uh, I ain't going to check. <laughs> uh, no, I just said, uh, um, what, which part? Bill Mallory was their coach? I don't know what you were trying to say. You That's all I said, really. Trying to talk. You done? You don't listen anyway. Well, I'm try- not what I'm trying to give away, like, the reads that we have to do on the show. We have to say certain things. We have to, we have to get it done. I know you don't care. We have to do it. Not my problem, buddy. That's a host problem, not a producer problem. It's going to be your problem if we don't do it. <laughs> both of our problems. <laughs> is the Thornton text. I'll take some more texts in, in a second. But I did. have you seen the, the drama between Colorado and Colorado State? Okay. I, no, I don't know about that. I just saw something with Dion like, doing a speech saying, like, they gave him some ammunition. Yeah. Is that what that's about? Yes. Okay. I, I just I can't listen to it because you were doing your, your spiel. Talking on the radio yeah. during the show. <laughs> Sorry, I'm interrupting your your viewing on your computer. On my Twitter, on my ex. On your ex. But uh, yeah, your exing. Uh, my exing, <laughs> and no, it has nothing to do with the parents. Um, then I just saw the uh, Aaron, Aaron, my man Aaron Torres just like reposted a video. Yeah, I guess. Don't call Aaron Torres your man. Is, you don't like Aaron Torres? Aaron Torres is a weirdo. He might be, but he's good. Dude. I've never had a problem with him. Um, anyway, not long story short. Uh, yeah, it's just like, but when they give us ammunition, they messed around and made it personal. And he said, heard no Norvell. I thought it was something about Florida State. No, Jay Norvell is the offensive coordinator. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. That's where I got the mix up. Okay. So he did his, he met with the media. Like he was, he was their representative for their availability on Wednesday. And he sat down and like, he took his hat off. He took his sunglasses off. And he said, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. Famously referencing the fact that Dion's doing all of his interviews with the hat down and the sunglasses on, yeah. which just seems like a why? Why? Why would you want to do this? this already probably isn't going to go well for you. I hope Sean Moss not listening to this. I know he's Rams fan twenty four seven. But if Colorado can put an absolute ass whooping on these guys, they're going to. And that I don't know why you want to put yourself on. What, right when me the Rams come out and shock the world and beat them, like please, I would love it. This will this sap mode. He'd be great. I like Colorado State. I love Fort, Fort Collins. is an awesome city. I love Sean. I love he, he's an alum there. He worked there. Uh, but yeah, Deion Sanders now has a video where he talks to the entire team and just says it was going to be a good game, but they done messed around and made it personal. And he's, he's oh, ready because to go. <laughs> so I had no idea. I thought this was interesting. I saw this on a the Athletic their little newsletter today. Uh, Colorado obviously is the the most interesting team in college football to a lot of people. They've done huge TV numbers their first two ga- two weeks. Their game against Nebraska was the second most watched game in college football last week, behind only Alabama, Texas, and it was actually pretty close. Like they had a, I don't know, they had the national TV advantage with Fox, but still a noon game on Fox, almost outdrawing a top ten clash between two of the biggest brands in the sport is a, is pretty crazy. But as interesting as Colorado is, I'm not sure that they're more interesting than this Colorado State team. Listen to this. A few roster notes from the Rams this year. They have on their team one, an Arnold, uh, an Arnold amateur strongman champion. Two, a sumo wrestler, someone who has wrestled in professional sumo competitions. Oh, but you know what the art of you know what pass blocking is, right? Sumo pushing people around. That's what Gene Hackman taught us in the replacements. What if he's like a quarterback? 
<laughs> the sumo wrestler. Three, they've that'd be, got. That'd be great, actually. <laughs> they have two members of the same South Sudanese tribe on their team. Oh, we only have one of those. They have an openly gay defensive lineman, which is still very rare in college football. They have a 30 something father of three, is a player on the team. And they have also two players that are assumed to be legit NFL prospects, all playing football, all at the same place. All this this is the same person. It sounds like a fantastic time. (laughs) But this is just two people. (laughs) (laughs) Describe everybody's two people. It's a it's a it's a former sumo wrestler father three who is now openly gay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a thirty something father free, formerly from a South Sudanese tribe, competed in some arm wrestling competitions, and I'm gay. Also, I'm gay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that kid's awesome. <laughs> now, yeah, if, it was, if this were just one guy, it'd be even more fascinating. What position do you play? Quarterback slash kicker. Middle linebackers. Right? And middle linebacker. Middle <laughs> linebacker tossed in there. But uh, I didn't know that about Colorado State. Not sure it's going to go great for them, but they're a fascinating team to follow for sure. And we are. And I mean, Colorado, obviously, the ratings is because of Mark Bassett. <laughs> that's right. Every that's, time he comes in, I get a little pissed off. That's how dumb. That's how dumb. Somebody's like, "Man, Colorado's fun to watch." Yeah, punter, man. Something's <laughs> <laughs> gonna do to like. What about Dion? Who? Dion Sanders? Yeah, I don't know about that, but that punter, man. Wish they'd let him kick Aussie style. <laughs> Aussie, what they're doing? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Colorado <laughs> is a twenty-three and a half point favorite for this game already. Maybe take that up to like twenty-seven after this, because if they I don't have a chance to punch it in late, they're going to do it. I don't know if I want to lay that that many points with it though. Maybe they get too worked up. I mean, let's not. I mean, it's. I mean, do we? We still really don't know how good Colorado is. I mean, no disrespect. Well, actually, you know, I could care less about disrespect. No, all disrespect to Nebraska and TCU. Neither of them are really world beaters, despite what people may like want to claim. Well, we don't know that either. I mean, TCU played in the national championship game last year. We the, beating the, them on their home field is still something. Yeah, yeah, and Nebraska is Nebraska. So, the greatest Colorado State team you're right, is not very good last year. Uh, by the way, Jay Norvell is the head coach. Uh, Sean is correcting me. I thought I saw offensive coordinator. That's my fault. Uh, the safety for CSU. Also, his sister is Jalen Howell of Racing Louisville. How about this? I think Colorado State is kind of like our second team here. And it's Jalen Howe bobblehead night tomorrow night. We just took somebody up the tickets. I mean, Cecil the Diesel Sap, is he back with an ear of eligibility too in here somewhere? I mean, it's incredible. They're, they're a fascinating team for sure. Did Colorado and Colorado State not play each other last year? I think they play every year. I, I don't, I'm looking at Colorado State's, or Colorado State's uh, rundown from last year, and Colorado's not on it. Jeez, I know they used to play every year for sure. Like, how do they, yeah, see, how do they not play every year? They used, they used to always play in week one. Because I remember they were one of the, the rivalry games. Yeah, they right haven't played well. since 2019. God, that's, that seems wrong. That's insane. Colorado obviously is uh, 62 and 22 and 2 overall. Uh, CSU is 0 and 1 with a. Oh, God. Washington State scored 50 on them in week one. Washington, for the record, Washington State does have a good offense, though. Still. 50 to 24 is a I rough forget that home loss to start the season. Junior uh, Cam Ward, I think is his name, the quarterback that's actually really good. Anyway, something to keep an eye on this weekend. Beef between the two Colorado schools. We'll see how it all plays out. We'll take a break. When we come back, IU football talk. I want to get into the some of the things that I've learned listening to IU fans talk about this game. They make it personal. Some of the things that we've read. Yeah, they're not making it personal. Okay. They, they, it's well, they kind of did by canceling the series, but that, they can't affect that. 
Uh, we'll talk about what their vibes are like, what their feeling is like going into this game. And we'll take some more text from you guys at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Third and final hour on the way next here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. with us here on a Thursday. We appreciate you however you're spending time with us. You love this song, TK. I feel like I hear this a lot on the show. Uh, I mean, I was just trying to do more upbeat. I mean... A little Philly. It isn't just, you Philly know, flow for your Thursday. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I, but I do play a lot of Hollow because Hollow Notes is probably my top ten all time. I love Hollow Notes. I'm not coming back for Oats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like Sarah's smile or something doesn't really like give the mood for the football, you know. Like I, I, I want something more catchy. I can see that. None of this lover's lament crap. I want something peppy. I want you to do that thing you do in Spanish. Get it going. Pick it up. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on, you get the reference. Of course. We've got uh, Indiana coming up. Tomorrow is the, the game day preview show. We'll get into we get, we'll go in depth with IU football. I'm going to try to get Keith Wynn on to come on and, and spread some smarts. We're going to bring Hoosiers. Scoots on just make, make, make fun of him and IU. Can we get Scoots on? I'd love to have Scoots. But Scoots like, doesn't care about IU football is the problem. It'd be a half-assed attempt. Like, like every time I tried to bring up IU and you know the fact that we're playing this year on that week where you were gone, and he was doing the show. He's like, "Yeah, you you should kill us." I'm like, "Well, this isn't great, Scoots. Like, come on, fight back a little bit." But I mean, if we're gonna bring on anybody, talks about IU. I mean, do they really care? Yeah, some of them care. Yeah, right. I mean, you're, I do. I hear I hear them on the post game shows. You're right. Here's what I've gotten. I, I listened to a couple of IU radio shows this week. I've followed you. Know, we do a Dockage. We do a Q and no, Dockage isn't <laughs> on the air anymore. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We yeah. do a Q and A session with the opposing site on SB Nation every week. It's Crimson Quarry is a, is a good Indiana site. Right. Uh, they've changed ownership a few times, but they're, they're they're still they do good work. So I've read some of those responses. Uh, look at their social media following. See what they're saying. Here's the conclusion that I've come to. I don't think IU fans have any idea how the hell to feel about this football team or where the football program is right now. I don't like every time that I, I hear there's no even typically even when you're at week three of a college football season, the fan base going into a game is either wildly optimistic and kind of like brazen, like we're going to I think we're going to stump these guys. Like we got something for them or they're just like, woe is me. I can't believe how bad we are. Let's get this over with. This sucks. IU fans like they don't want to say anything. They, I think they've been, they feel like they had so much excitement. Going into COVID, basically 2019, 2020, with Tom mm-hmm. Allen, they felt like they were, you know, they, they were getting preseason top 25 love. There was talk about, you know, outside chance of going to a Rose Bowl, all this stuff. And they've been so bad the last two years. And Tom Allen has done this just complete 180, where he's gone from hottest name in coaching to is this guy going to get fired at Indiana and never coach, be a, be a head coach again? Indiana looks at their results so far this year, and it's yeah, you lost. A fairly lopsided game against Ohio State. 
but it wasn't as bad as it usually is. You covered the spread by double digits. You only you held Ohio State to 23 points. You didn't move the ball at all, but you really weren't trying to win. You kind of were just playing not to get blown out, it seemed like, when you watched that game. And then you, you beat the pants off of one of the worst FCS teams in Indiana State. I don't think, like, I, I haven't seen any IU fans that are doing the whole, like, this is when we get Jeff Brom. This is payback for all those Purdue losses. We're going to smoke you. But I also haven't seen that many IU fans outside of Scoots who are like, I don't feel confident about this game. It's almost like they're afraid to say anything. They're kind of like, I want to see how this goes, and then we'll take it from there. You know, Jackson looked pretty good throwing the football against Indiana State. Our defense has looked really good. We've got a lot of transfers. We're holding it together there. This 4-2-5 scheme seems to get a lot of people problems, but it never seemed to give Jeff Brown problems when he was at Purdue. He faced a lot of decent IU defenses. He always hung up big numbers on them. He went 4-1 and in five years. I think that's reason for them to be concerned. Let's note his only loss was that 19-team Indiana's, that was best, good. Indiana's best team probably since 1991, and that IU team still had to go to double overtime to beat them. Is that right? It was 44-41, yeah. I don't remember. I, I, I knew that they lost. And more. that was the Purdue team, I think. That didn't they go? That was his worst Purdue team, right? The second year. Uh, well, no, it was 19 is when they lost to him. Okay, so that was Brahms. It was it was COVID or the – I thought it was the second team there. I thought his first year at, at Purdue was 2018. Was it 18 or 17? I thought it was 17. Maybe it was. It was five years, whatever our, our math is, is clearly yeah. wrong there. 19, 18. Either 19, way, 20, I, he's only lost. So it was, his first year was 18. Okay, so yeah, well, he's, yeah, but his only lost till 19 then. I thought his worst season was still the COVID year back. Well, maybe it, maybe it was 17 because then they didn't play in 2020. Is that right? Because I know they, they played five times and he went four. And yeah, they, no, though, yeah, they didn't play. You're right. So there you yeah. Go. So he would have been 2017. Yeah. Would have been yeah because they season. did not play 2020, gotcha. which I you I, we would think maybe would have won that game, but you know. they'd been favored for sure. Well, yeah, obviously, and that was the 2020 was the year Purdue year that was like he was like two and four or something, year, like two and six, I think. Yeah. But it's just strange to, I feel like, be going up against a fan base where every time I listen to somebody, they just kind of talk about the game analytically, but there's no real oomph. I mean, you and I, when we, you know, we'll emphasize certain things, and it's always with a, like, I feel really good about this, or I, this is a little bit concerning, or, you know, whatever. And like, IU fans, it's almost like they're afraid to give an opinion on what they think about this team because they have no idea what to think. And I think that's sort of indicative of not just what they've seen through two weeks, but how they feel about the direction of the program. Like they're in a very similar spot in a different way to where we were towards the end of the Satterfield era. Once upon a time, we were in love with this guy. Like we thought he was going to take us to to where we wanted to, to go. But with IU, it's different because they haven't had, and I'm just talking realistically, they haven't had the type of success, at least in our lifetimes, that Louisville has. You know, it, it's not like we're light years above them, but we're, I think, we, we can say without thumping our chest too much, we have been a better football program than Indiana for the bulk of all yeah. of our existences. No, 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 thumping your chest, that's just fact. Like, going to a bowl game has been, like, that's like almost a dream season for IU in most years. And again, I get they play in the Big Ten and all that stuff, but we, if we don't go to a bowl game, it's a disaster year, and that's the way that it's been basically since John L. Smith arrived in the late 90s. So, th- there are different expectations here, but... I think they thought that Tom Allen was going to be able to take them for the first time for a lot of them to this, you know, this newfound territory. We could be ranked in the top 25 every now and then. We're going to play in bowl games most years. And to see it sort of slip away, there's this, well, he did it once. Maybe he can do it again, but I'm not sure exactly what's happened over the last two years and, and recruiting's not going great. Maybe with the transfer portal he can pick things up. It seems like there's this big wait-and-see approach, 
And what, whichever way the pendulum swings, it's going to be a gigantic overarching theme. Like if they beat us and they go on to have a successful Big Ten year and they go like 8-4 and four or something like that, then Tom Allen's back to being God. And he can do no wrong and let's give him all the resources he wants. Let's make IU football a thing. If they lose to us and they go on to have the season that a lot of people thought they were going to have and they're like 3-9, and 4-8 and eight, and really not that competitive, it's this sucks, we're back to being IU, who cares? Wait me when basketball's up, let's fire this moron. Like I think it's going to happen really quickly, but until then, it feels like IU fans are a little bit reticent to really take a side. Indiana is what we used to say about Kentucky fans back in the early '90s. Just, just get me, get, get me teasing with a bowl, a bowl season, two out of three years, one out of three years, and you'll, you, you won't have a problem with us. Now, obviously, Kentucky has evolved from that and, and moved on, and now they're, they're, you know, expecting more, and rightfully so. It is, you know, some schools do when you get to that point. Indiana's never gotten to that point. Like, I mean, you look at. I mean, every like, like what was um, what's his name, um, Hop Hoppener, who like came the the guy from Miami of Ohio came in and, and looked Sorry, like he Hepner, was right? Hepner, yeah, I think it's like he was going to kind of get things going, and he you know gets the, the out of nowhere the, the brain cancer thing. I yeah. think his brain cancer was very sad. Um, I was actually that's when I was dating the IU student. That was that was like his last year was his, that one year there. And, uh, but then you know Lynch came in and he was okay and. Wilson, I think, is when they started to get a little, I don't want to say spoiled, but in IU terms, kind of, yeah. I mean, he went to back-to-back bowls, and, I mean, the offense was fun. They were putting up points. They were trying to outscore people. They were kind of like the how mummy early Kentucky days, you know, trying to, you know, then I can't remember what, what was Did Wilson, like, yell at somebody or something, I think, or? I, honestly, I don't remember. I, he I, got I was caught, trying to think he, of it as you were saying it. He got caught up in that during, like, the same Jim Levitt and, um, like he like just yelled something mean at a kid, and they so he got fired for it. Um, a lot of people were walking on eggshells. Remember that little that little span of years with the kid they got from camp, Maryland got fired too for being mean to a kid, and you know you had Mike Leach locking kids in closets. <laughs> Not a good idea. No, no, maybe deserved, but nonetheless. Um, but yeah, I remember. I remember when Alex. I mean, I was doing the show, and and the, the, the weird thing with Alan was like there was no like. Search committee. It was like Tom Allen's the head coach. Boom, right. bam. Everybody was kind of like, really? Like this because he got promoted for the bowl game, right? And yeah, he did, like, and he and he lost the bowl game. Uh, but yeah, and it was like Tom Allen, who was like, I think almost like he had like one year removed from being a high school coach. Like he was that how he was that fresh, like kind of wet behind the ears in terms of that scenario. I might be a little off, but and he he you know had he had that kind of like gung ho spirit and you know looked good first first couple of years, but. The peak was the the nineteen season with, who by the way when you had Michael Penix, so kind of, he was injured a lot, but you had you know my boy who I love out Washington that was the OC that year that was the That's Ken right. DeBoer year, which is by the way Indiana again eight and five their best year, uh, and then the next year they you know they get cheated out of the Big Ten, but since that twenty twenty and they got robbed by the Big Ten for their their championship deserved championship, it's been bad, and I mean, if they don't have a winning record this year, I can't. I know Indiana standards are not high as high as most, but if I was an Indiana fan, even with those standards, I mean, you you got you got to throw with the bowl this year if you're Indiana and you're Tom Allen. Otherwise, I can't imagine. Maybe maybe hold on to him if they don't make a bowl one more year and give him one more chance. But short of that, this might be this this might be the end for Tom Allen to me. Yeah, I mean he's. I like Tom Allen. He's been the head coach since 2017. He was the defense. That was his first year as the defensive coordinator uh, at Indiana. Was 2016. Before that, he was 
the D.C. at South Florida for a year. Okay. He was the linebackers coach at Ole Miss for uh, three seasons. Well, so he was a little more removed. Yeah. Than, okay. He had been he hadn't coached in high school since 2009. But he was a high school. I think that's where he kind of got his chopped his teeth was uh, in Indianapolis high school coach. Ben Davis. Yeah. He was, ben he was, Davis. Yeah. He was at Ben Davis. Then he went to Wabash College, Lambeth, Drake, Arkansas State, Ole Miss, South Florida, Indiana. He's 31 and 41 as a head coach at IU. Which, He's I mean, 0 and 3 in bowl games. But but being the, the, the three bowl, bowl game. I was gonna say the bowl game record. Well, even though one of them's not really kind of his. The, the, the one he inherited, but and the two were the two best seasons. I mean, I think I mean he may have been like, the kind of like we we joked with Satter. We talked with Satterfield like that first year. You know, go eight wins, kind of. It, it might be the the what ends up being your Achilles heel and the, having the good season. That him doing well in his first four seasons, including those nineteen and twenty year. I mean, that might be the what. In his career at IU earlier than he wants it, to be. It, it could, but I think the difference is their down seasons haven't been just like down for the program or average. They've been woeful. I mean, you go from they were four and eight last year. So four and eight know. last, and but the year before, two and ten, and yeah, winless bad. in the Big Ten. Especially they came in preseason. That's a ranked. season when you're ranked in the top twenty-five yeah. going into the year after finishing the year before, ranked number twelve. Granted, it was the COVID season. Still, so I think that you can understand why IU fans are concerned because yeah. you get this guy who takes us. I mean, again, I don't care what whether it was the COVID season or what was going on in the world, the fact that an IU football team could finish in both polls ranked in the top 15, play a New Year's Bowl and the Outback Bowl, like that's uncharted territory for Indiana in the lifetime of most Hoosier fans. And for that same guy to then turn around and immediately not be able to win a single game in the Big Ten and then win two games after that. I mean, he is 2-16, and now 2-17 and 17, if you include the Ohio State game for this year in the Big Ten since that dream season. So it's not like it was just this like slow fall from grace and maybe he can get it back. It's been this just falling off of a cliff. It's like the, the, that group, once they let, moved on, yeah. didn't rebuild from it. it. It's been this falling off yeah. of a cliff, and now it becomes, well, was that just a fluke? And, and is this what we expect? Or was that something that we can recapture here? How long do we stick with this guy? And I really do. like. I'm with you. I think it's going to be... This these next like four or five weeks are, are what Indiana fans are going to form their their overarching opinions on, and it starts with Louisville, a, a team that look is a is a regional opponent that you probably I'm sure Indiana fans have looked at Louisville for a long time, at least the ones that care about football and have said you know why can't we do that like like they're like us they've emphasized basketball for a long time they did not have the conference affiliation advantage that we've had by being in the Big Ten they're not really in a recruiting rich area but. They've managed to go out there and put together some teams that have finished top 10, that have won double-digit games. They've played in big-time bowl games. Like, why? If Louisville can do it, we should be able to do it. And if they, you know, if we go up there and we beat them in Indianapolis, it probably starts like this, this downward trend again where they start losing Big Ten games and this, this piles on top of itself and they probably go in a different direction. But if you beat Louisville, it kind of feels like yeah, this, this is the way it should be. Like, we should be the better team. Let's get this thing going again. I think this is really a, I mean, it's a huge game for Tom Allen in terms of his job prospects moving forward and his popularity within his own fan base. I think he probably he probably looks at this one and feels like he has to have it. Well, I think not just him, but I, I don't and I don't know which podcast you listen to, but from the last two weeks listening to the you know the call-in shows they do after the games and you know it's, it's like a you know ninety minute to two hour call-in show and taking several calls and listening to them break it down. I mean they they made it abundantly clear in their own minds. I think most most Indiana fans that would call in, especially after last week in the Indiana State game. And Louisville was more of a topic because it was, you know, coming up. Uh-huh. Was that this is the game that kind of, you know, kind of can decide IU's entire season? So they're saying that too. I mean, as you look at it because I mean, look, Indiana and I know Louisville and Indiana have different perspectives, you know, goals now. Like Louisville, I think, 
Little fans, and that's, I think it's conference based. Obviously, that little fans look at you know season thing. We we want seven eight wins. You know, we want to go to bowl. We want seven games. IU is still you know I want to get six wins and have a chance at a bowl. You know that's where I'm. That's quenches my thirst. If Louisville's in the Big Ten, we probably have a similar maybe process. Who knows? But you know, and when you look at Ohio State, I mean Ohio State. I'm sorry, Indiana. I mean, yeah, you've got Akron coming up after a little game, which you assume is a win. It's kind of the way we broke down the schedule last year at Louisville. You know, where you go, all right, we've got these three games that are wins. We got these three games that are losses. Four games, whatever losses. Yeah, we got to split the fifty-fifty games. We've got to get you know two out of three of the fifty-fifty games. And that's why Indiana's looks at this schedule. I think probably looks at it every year. To be honest with you, you know, there's, they're not going to go in thinking, well, this is the year we beat Michigan or Ohio State or something. But you know, they look at that. And that being said, Louisville is. I mean, Louisville fans can laugh at it, mock it all they want. I think Indiana fans look at Louisville as a possible 50-50, 60-40 game. How do you view this? Do you, do you view this as a 50-50 game for us? I view it more of a 75-25. So if you're putting the, if you're putting the remaining games into categories. But I, I've watched Louisville. Are you viewing this as a should win? Yes. I think I kind of am too. I think for and under two reasons. One, I think Louisville both is more talented overall on both sides of the ball. Uh, I know Indiana defensively has been good. And I think it's kind of evidently clear that Brom just kind of is a better coach than Tom Allen. He has his number. I mean, for a guy who's a defensive guy, you know, their only win they had to outscore Purdue, and that was with a, a coordinator who is now one of the hottest head coaches in, in the country out west with that same quarterback nonetheless. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy's got a rub in your crawl, right? Yeah. A little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Louisville, I think, yeah. I think, I think, and I think even from an outside perspective, I think most people are going to say Louisville's – I mean, that's why we're – what, a nine-point favorite? I mean, anytime you're over seven points and a favorite against a team that you could question whether it's on your level, obviously you're the only one that feels that way. I, I'm looking at the schedule. So we have ten games left. And if you want to split the, the games up into to categories, like like should win, should lose, 50-50. Yeah, the, the payment. Yeah, we all, we all love to do it. I feel like there are, because it can't be exactly even now with, with, with ten and, and three categories. I'm looking at it. And I'm saying there are four games on our schedule that we should win. So that are, that are, they're, they're guaranteed wins. Not sure. guaranteed, but I'm saying we should win. Yeah, we okay. That's and one we already did. I think Indiana's there. I think Boston College is there now. It's a home game. They've barely beat Holy Cross and lost to Northern Illinois. And then I put Virginia and Virginia Tech in that category as should wins. They were picked to finish near the bottom of the ACC. Virginia and Virginia Tech have both looked pretty bad to the first couple of weeks. I say you should win those games. I. Uh, Kind of agree with thought. Yeah, I'm not going to really debate that now. 50 50 games, toss up games. I'm putting, I'm still having at NC State. I know they haven't looked great. I'm I feel still like, putting that as a toss up. I'm feeling NC State and Pitt, which I'm assuming is on this list too, is that yes. because they're on the road more than anything. Yes. Like if we played either of those games at home, would you put them at 50 50 game? Probably. I, I think that mm, Pitt I, made more than NC State. I'm going to need to see both teams fall flat on their face more to put it on. I mean, Pitt, Pitt lost Cincinnati, that's which is right, Satterfield. Yeah. Ah, that's first year Satterfield. It's a different Satterfield. I'm going at NC State as toss up, at Pitt as toss up, and then now home against Duke as toss up. I'm feeling like that's a 50 50 game. Okay. And then the, the should lose, and I'm not saying we're going because I've picked a couple of these yeah. for it to be wins. I think you say Notre Dame, Miami on the road, and then Kentucky are, are kind of like the lean loss there. Those have been good teams. We'll see how you – I mean, UK, whether the EKU thing was an anomaly or not. But I feel like that's sort of the split right there. So you say looking at the season, you know, the the baseline, the bottom line, the, the bar, I feel like is six wins. I felt like that kind of coming in, and I feel like that's still where we are. There, you should get to six wins based on what we've done and what we have left. 
I mean, by the, by your by your breakdown, I mean, we we win the fifty fifty battles, i.e., two out of three. It's not win season. And that's yeah. It's, that's nine and four. Yeah, but uh, well, nine and three. But that would be well. If we lose one, that would be a fourth loss. Well, so. Trevor, we play twelve games in a season, bud. So we'd be eight and four. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. If we if we win six games, if we win the last four, that gets us to six and two. Those are the should wins. Then we have three toss-ups. If you're, if you're saying we win all three of them, no, I said two out of three. If, if we win two out of three, that's eight and four. Yeah, that's why I said okay. You missed hurt me. Okay, that's why. Which I'm is at. yeah, which is is where I had us coming into the year. Yeah. If you, and if you steal one of the the should loses, then it's icing on the cake. I think right. I think that's kind of the way that you look at the season moving forward. Six and and six should be worst case scenario. And then if you say, I mean, you know, ten and two. If you if you win the all the toss-ups and then one of the should loses, uh, you could be ten and two. Like I think that's. <laughs> That, that's also just kind of, I'm laughing, I just giggle because, I mean, it's the different where we are. Like, you're, you're talking about that, that's our, like, low bar. 66, that's the high bar for IU fans. Yeah, and, and that's why this game, I yeah. think, is so huge for both teams. Like, I mean, it, it tells IU where they're at, I think, because, I mean, they get blown out in this game. It's close game. I think this is a, lot, a very good barometer because I'm not doing against Ohio State because I think they're feeling like, especially after you watch Ohio State, you know, not look greatly off, great offensively, especially against Youngstown State as well. That you know you didn't maybe learn as much from these first two games if you're at IU as you'd like to know, and I get that. It's fine. For sure. I mean, I think we're still in the learning process for both teams. I agree. I mean, I feel I feel like we maybe know a little bit more about ourselves or think we do than IU does. Because I mean, I one of the podcasts I was listening to talking about Indiana, like they were of the belief that Indiana just kind of didn't want to get blown out by Ohio State, and the coaches have sort of. I guess with, have admitted that without admitting it that that was their game plan. That, that was the part. I mean, they talked about yeah. that in the post game. Remember, I texted you joking about that. Like I we're think, holding back. Like their mentality was sort of, if we lose by, if, you know, if you lose this game fifty six to three, it can derail your entire season. You know, let's just, you know, we know that we're up against it with our offense versus their defense. Let's just see if we can kind of, you know, get the run game. Like there was a lot of third and eight. We're going to run it right up the middle. Uh, type stuff. It's also kind of their offense anyway, but but I think that they're going to change it now that they focus on on one quarterback. I think that's their goal now moving forward. They want to be more of a passing offense. Their running back, the Jalen Lucas kid, is pretty dynamic, but he's tiny. Um, They've had good running backs under Tom Allen. They have. I mean, Lucas is he's a game breaker. Both uh, the first two times he touched the ball against Indiana State, he ran for twenty five yard touchdowns. But he's like, I think he's listed at five nine one seventy, and that feels very generous when you watch him. He's more of a he should be more of like a specialist. Uh, explosive playmaker, but they're they're relying on him pretty heavily this year. Um, we'll see if he can hold up long term. But I feel like they're going to try to open things up more against us, a defense that they probably look at as not as daunting as Ohio State's, and you know, they didn't show a lot against Indiana State, and, and I think they feel pretty confident about their defense. But it's definitely a we'll see more of what we've got against Louisville. I feel like we kind of know getting tested against Georgia Tech and then see, being able to, to open the playbook up. Um, not open the playbook up, but do more against Murray State and see more of what Jack Plummer's capable of. I think we know what we have in the running game. And we'll see, this is going to be the best defense that we've faced so far. And, and we'll, I think it's going to be the biggest test for Plummer thus far. And we'll figure out how much of an asset he can be for this team or if he is, worst-case scenario, kind of the weak link for this team, which I think is what some UofL fans are, are worried about. So it's a, it's a big learning week for both teams. I think both teams really need this game to get where they want to go this season. And for Tom Allen, it's probably a, a, a huge game in terms of his job security. But IU fans, like they're just they're unwilling to like give an, an opinion. They're all, all I'm seeing is like, eh, I think we I think it's gonna be a close game. Maybe we win by three, maybe we lose by three. Whereas Louisville fans, I feel like we are understandably more confident going into this game. It's, I mean, hell, we're ten point favorites. We should be.
I don't think. Did Plummer ever play against IU? He's only one pass attempt and one 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 for one against IU in his history. So he didn't play either, any of the games when he was at Purdue? No, it looks like O'Connell played uh, both the uh, uh, the two games he would have played. Yeah, because well, I mean, O'Connell took this job before, I guess by the time they got to that game. That's disappointing. I was kind. That's why I was kind of looking through here. I was like, I wonder if he's. I mean, he was he was technically, I guess, on the roster. So I mean, does that count? I mean, Undefeated <laughs> against IU. Well, actually, he's one and one because I think he was on that nineteen. Damn, almost <laughs> cut. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll take some text from you guys. 502-414-1450. A couple other top, quick hitter topics that I want to get to, and then we'll talk about tonight's action on both college, but mostly pro. Uh, yeah, baby. Tonight. We'll let Trevor fly, talk about the Eagles. Eagles fly. You'll hear more of that coming up next here on the Mike Rutherford Show. my favorite Roots song. I mean, I know it's maybe... Is it the most, I don't even think it's the most mainstream. I don't know. Is that right? I think, it is. I think that's, that's kind of what the song's all about. They're basically saying, like, we want to have a poppy song that gets, becomes real popular so we get remembered. I mean, it's a great song. It's a great song. And I think What They Do is my favorite the, Roots song. And uh, the best video. The, um... The, the, my favorite thing about this video is the, the... I'm not... I don't know. I didn't know. I'm not really familiar with the Cody, Cody Chestnut guy. I guess originally did this song and they kind of rebooted it with him. But, like, all I know is that he looks, I mean, he could be a doppelganger for the guy who lived across the hall from me at one of my first apartments. <laughs> and, uh, and shout out to Davis out there, wherever he is, if he's still alive. There's a good chance he's not. Uh, but, Jeez, like, I mean, it's dark. Well, I'm just saying he kind of, he, he he loved a lot of the, uh, okay. Yeah, lots, some stuff. But uh, my favorite part about Davis was he, one of the coolest things he had was a autographed Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar. Oh, nice! That he, um, I mean, he'll tell you he even shot I me. Mean, he'd show it to you and be like, "Well, listen, if you get any ideas, it's insured." Um, <laughs> I mean, and it was insured. I mean, for a large chunk, it was a very valuable item because I mean, obviously Stevie Ray's passed, and he was telling me he'd tell this story about how he wanted it at uh, Ear Ecstasy. He just was walking out and they had like this chance to win a Stevie Ray, you know, guitar thing, and he entered, put one name in. He won this guitar. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. I'm sure it's been pawned since, but this was like, you know, 20 years ago, almost 25 years ago. <laughs> uh, Trev, according to ESPN's FPI. Yes, Ruff. They ranked the 30 <laughs> teams with the best chances of making the college football playoff. Okay. They give, if the FBI, they give, nobody has better than a 50% chance to make the playoff, which is understandable given the fact that we've played. Now that Alabama's lost a game. <laughs> they give Ohio State a 45.3% chance to make the playoff. That's, those are the best odds. Really? Georgia didn't get the best odds? No. So Georgia's good. at four. They have a 38.5% chance. Texas is second, 45.1% to make the playoff. 
Florida State is third, 40.8% to make the playoff. Louisville, 24th on the list, given a 1.1% chance to make the college football playoff. I don't hate those odds, Trevor. Cue up the fa- everyone's favorite saying. So you're saying there's a chance. I, I, I thought it was either that or never tell me the odds. No, no, that's, yeah, no, Harrison Ford, nice one, yeah. That's we good. are one spot ahead of Auburn. Auburn just a 1% chance at 25, yes. suck at Auburn. And we are five spots ahead of Clemson, who's given a 0.5% chance of making the playoff. Louisville football, officially better than Clemson. Wait, hold on, 24, and we're ahead of Clemson. I know we're behind Florida State. So we're the second or third ACC school? We are. North Carolina is right in front of us at 23. They're given a 1.4% chance. Miami is number 12. Oh, yeah, Miami. I didn't think North Carolina might be out of us, but North Carolina. They're given a 10.8% chance. So we are the we have the fourth best chances to make the college football playoff, according to um, ESPN's FBI. Now, what I don't like is Cincinnati's at number 20 with 2.8% chance. Well, that's because they play in a weak conference. Um, I, 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 the thing I like about this, though, and, and I mean, I'd love it to be better chances, and maybe in a few weeks it will be, but – there was no way we we were on, we were the fourth rated team on this if you'd done this list two weeks before the season started. Well, we would have been behind Clemson for sure. Yes, and we'd have probably been a lot farther behind Clemson. I don't know if we'd been in the top thirty, maybe, possibly, but I doubt it. I mean, if we're gonna, I mean, that just I, I, that's a good thing. We're moving on up like the Jeffersons. Moving on up, baby. I'm I'm a little shocked that Georgia's fourth. I mean, I know I guess because of schedule it's the SEC, and they, yeah. Still, because I mean, the FBI just they try to predict games based on it, it's a future metric. I mean, Ohio um, State does play Michigan and Penn State. Don't they? Don't really don't play, they play Penn State this year? Who knows? Who knows? Penn State's good. Uh, yeah, they play them on uh, the twenty first. One of the things that I I told you I was listening to the the Yahoo podcast, and they were talking about how the new conference realignment and stuff is supposed to make you know, blockbuster games every weekend. And the reality is it's probably going to make for more seasons like this one where we don't get these big-time games. And they pointed out, and I didn't realize this, like as of right now, you've got number one Georgia and number three Florida State. And I think the, the first time that either – the next time that either one is set to play a top 25 opponent is like November 11th. Like Georgia would be the first time they play a top 25 opponent this year. We won't be told like November 11th. And Florida State is, is kind of the same way. Like that – Sucks. <laughs> That's not cool. Uh, oh, wait, Georgia, Georgia, who's in the power places, he won't play a team until when? They won't play a ranked team until like November 11th. Okay. I mean, like their football schedule this year sucks. Doesn't. Yeah. I remember it being a topic after the, like when it first came out. They don't play. I mean, we are kind of rebuilding. I mean, I mean, they're still, they're number one. They're two time reigning champions. They, I mean, they, they've got little margin for it. Like Auburn is down this year. They're not ranked. They play them in a couple weeks. They play Kentucky after that. I mean, their schedule for the next until they play a ranked team: South Carolina, UAB, yeah, Auburn, Kentucky, Vandy, Florida, Missouri, and then their first ranked opponent will be Ole Miss on November 11th, who's and number Ole Miss 17. May or may not even be ranked by then. In Tennessee, I'm starting to have a feeling may not be ranked by then either. Yeah, I mean, and then even then, it's Ole Miss, Tennessee, and then Georgia Tech. Like that's the end. Of the, they don't play any of the top dogs in the you know no LSU, no Alabama, no you know. I mean, Auburn's down, Florida's down. They're saying the SEC's down this year. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying it's, it's, the ACC. it's a weak conference. You're saying the ACC is better than the SEC because it, well, it just means more. They are 4-1 and one against them right now, including the only top 25 victory or top 10 <laughs> victory of the season for anybody. And at the time, at least, top 10 versus top 10. That's all we're saying. Numbers don't lie. FSU blasted LSU. Blasted them. Words and numbers mean something. They do. Uh, 502-414-1450. Let's run through some text here, uh, and then we'll let Trevor rant about the Eagles. I'm just going to sing the fight song. 
I mean, you always do that. Anyway. <laughs> I want to get your actual thoughts about yeah, tonight's game. It's a, it's a nice little I Thursday have, night matchup. I have thoughts. <laughs> I'm, I, hey, look, I'm pulling for the Eagles, not just because I, I love you, but because it's an NFC North opponent. Yeah, you hate Minnesota. I mean, <laughs> I want the Vikings to fall. They should all burn in hell. That's, uh, that's what I'm going for. Texas, speaking of the CSU love, they have a former Stanex quarterback on their roster. Do they? All the more, I, mean, I think Colorado State is kind of like our, our secondary team here. And that's where, remember, that's, we talked about that's where Dalen Dawkins went and played. That is? After he left Purdue. Who, David, really? I didn't, well, I don't even know. I'll be honest with you. I think Ritter was like a junior in Cincinnati when I realized he played at St. X. I knew he went there for a long time. I didn't. I should have known because I probably aired one of his games. Well, I just remember because I remember, like, I, you know, I, I would, had followed him at St. X a little bit, and I was like, that guy? Like, I feel, I feel like they didn't really throw it that much. Like, so I remember his senior year, they kept referring to him as a, a Cincinnati commit, and I was like, yeah, this guy, I mean, I, He's not really airing it out that I don't know what they're really doing. That seems strange. He didn't have any offers from anywhere else. And then, yeah, he ends up becoming obviously very, very good. I don't know if maybe he hasn't played, but I clicked on just the two quarterbacks listed on the roster on reference and looking at their pictures. Either one of these could be St. X kids. Well, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> uh, Giles Pooler, the redshirt sophomore. is. Oh, the, he's not listed because he hasn't taken a snap, I guess, yeah. He's number 12, he, number one in our hearts. He's a redshirt sophomore. 6'5", is the... Uh, is the the Colorado State quarterback from San X. He did start the Utah State game last year and went 11 of 32 for 144 yards with an interception, but did play against Michigan. And uh, add to the list of uh, things they have, they have two players with hyphens in their names. Okay. Fowler Nicholisi and then Ross Simmons. Okay, I like that. I like how they suppose it's justice. Like, we can't be Justin or justice. Speaking of Justin, Scoots to Texan. Hey, Scoots, what up, buddy? He said, I'd be more more than willing to come on tomorrow to give you an unfiltered preview of the game if you want. If you want, I've not been confident all week, but I'm feeling pretty decent about it today. Yeah. Also, Trevor, uh, Bill Lynch was not okay. The dude was awful. Well, Bill, yeah, Bill Lynch won his job because he beat Purdue uh, on the, the after Heppinger after he passed. Like, he took over for Heppinger. If I'm pronouncing his name right, I hope I am. I'm not shocked about it. Heppner? Heppner, yeah. You, he called took, him, you called him Hoffman earlier, and now you're calling him Heppinger. 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 You've been corrected both times. The guy that coached Big Ben against us. <laughs> That's what, pretty much what he is, uh, or was, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, that's how Billings got the job. Is They beat Purdue. They kicked like a 55-yard field goal to beat Purdue for the first time in who knows how long. And it was right after they announced he had passed, and Lynch kind of took that and mm. basically wrote it for three years, four years, whatever long he was at there because – Again, yeah, we've already established Indiana fans can sometimes, you know, lose track of how bad they've been for a few years. And romanticize regular season wins. <laughs> Over rivals. I'm a Purdue team that if I look it up, I'm guaranteed was not that great anyway that year. If only that uh, kicker's name, last name rhymed with kick. I mean, if it was only the, the bit kick, <laughs> they could have made it a bigger deal. Oh, I, I remember the sound I was working. Right, we, I had it. We used to use it on the Easy Show all the time. By the way, shout out to Easy doing the re- uh, umpiring some uh, referee and some volleyball last night. You said that. I, I guess I didn't notice when I was watching it last night. Well, he's lost a lot of weight. I know, yeah. He has, he's got, I, mean, he's, I saw him last year during the tournament. He, he's still kind of a big dude, but he's lost. But I, I, I was sitting there. He's right up in the upper. He had been. I guess if you watch the TV, he's in the upper left hand, right left hand corner. So he wasn't right the, the Cardinal logo. He wasn't the chair umpire. He's one of the line. Judges. No, he's one line. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He would. They had the red flag. Yeah. Gotcha. So I sit there watching. I'm like, wait a minute. That's. That's got to be saying. I'm sitting there like squinting, looking at my screen, trying to see it. And way to bring one home for the good guys. Easy. Yeah, way to go. Texture says uh, 55 games, 215 ABs, seven home runs, 20 RBI, 181 average, uh, 261 on base percentage, 340 slugging. That's Ellie De La Cruz's stat line since the All Star break. He's been bad. 
They hit him eighth tonight. They pinch hit him for for mm. Hunter Renfro, which didn't work out. Renfro gave like a terrible AB. Yeah, L- the Ellie Magic has definitely has definitely worn off. Also, like I think he's one of those guys that I'm not sure should be a switch hitter just because he can do it. Like he's Billy way, Hamilton style. He's I mean, well, he's he's better than Billy Hamilton. Well, I'm just saying Billy Hamilton was a switch hitter for until just this year. Yeah, he he's way better left handed than he is right handed. Yeah. I think he's right handed average for the season is under 200. But he's, I mean, I don't know. I hope it's just. Rookie hitting a wall. I mean, he's the one of the, he's the only one of the rookies that hasn't missed time because of an injury. Like Steer had some time off. McLean's out now. Um, I mean, even, hell, I mean, it even, happens. Yeah, it, it, but he's. I mean, I'm hoping that there's just fatigue because he's. At least he's taking more pitches. He had two walks today, but he's uh, he's he's also had a rough time defensively. Texas Mike UK is absolutely in the toss up category. You're looking at it from the Satterfield era lens. Everything on paper says that game is a toss-up with Louisville probably going to be a slight favorite. I'd like, right I'd like to agree with you, but I just it's hard to you can't do that with the what, last four years. Okay, you're talking to somebody again who I picked Louisville to beat UK before the start of the season, and I would stick with that prediction right now. I'm just saying if you're trying to look at it like, you know, should like I also picked us to beat Notre Dame. I think it's still a game that you look at and you say, eh, we probably should lose that game. UK has I want to do the Satterfield-Brom era thing as much as everybody, but if you're looking at it just analytically, they've beaten the pants off us the last few years. They've been the stronger program. It's not just the head-to-head games. They've been better than we have Mm -hmm. the last few seasons. And we've seen, I mean, too little, I think, to jump to that conclusion that this is different. We're right there. I mean, you talk about like being a 50-50 game in the past. We were favored two years ago to win that game, and we lost by 40 or whatever it was. The spreads. Oh, have, I remember. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, all the spreads have had it being all these games being toss-up games, and they've beaten us handily every year. So, like, I, you know, when we get there, we, we, we'll see where both programs are, where both teams are. I still feel like we have a, a very good shot, but I'm just putting it in. If you're just trying to slot the games into, you know, where an objective person would put them right now. But that was, you know, we're, we're going to show them that, that was the past. You're damn right. They're quit living in the past, man. You're hung up on a clown who was around in the 70s, man. <laughs> Move on, man. Texture says the only explanation for why Louisville is destined for two consecutive abysmal seasons under Kenny Payne is that he's either one, incompetent, or two, lazy and entitled. Not that either is good, but let's hope it's B. Let's hope it's neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a would be the better of the two, right? <laughs> I mean, at least because you can't you can't help it if you're incompetent. That's just the way you were born, right? I, mean, I think they're equally bad. I mean, you can you can you can you can prevent from being lazy. Like I, I'm lazy, but I don't have to be lazy. Like I I I mean I mean obviously at this point in my life, I'm if I'm incompetent, I'm not going to be learning anything new, yeah. and we're going to find that out by proof well, here soon. <laughs> I mean, if we have a terrible season, like it doesn't really matter which one of the answers is correct. He's gone either way. Right? <laughs> How about we just say both? <laughs> yeah. Texas says, Mike, are you going to make it to any football games this year? TK, what would it take to get you back to a couple football home games? I'm definitely going to the Notre Dame game. I, I kind of circled that. We've got tickets already. We're going to tailgate a little bit. Um, I'm hoping to make it to, you know, depending on how I feel. Like I feel like today's been a, a good day. If I can build the good days back this fall uh, health-wise, I'd love to make it out to multiple games this season. Uh, but definitely going to have circled Notre Dame. We've, we're going to make that a day. And uh, – Hopefully, I, I want to go to the Glow game. Isn't that the 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 Notre Dame game too? Isn't that also the day we're maybe do Lucid City stuff? No, Lucid City stuff was supposed to be like maybe this weekend. I haven't heard anything else, so I'm assuming. We're not I thought it was in, I thought it was in October. No, I mean so it was September. Oh, I think it might. Oh, I think it was because we talked about IE because it being a noon game that day. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I thought it was Notre Dame Day. Well, anyway, nonetheless. Nobody said anything to me about it this week. So yeah, no, and I've got to work the IU game, so, I mean, it's going to be – I'd be cutting it real close. Um, but, yes, I'll be at the Notre Dame You'll be at Notre Dame. I wouldn't mind doing Notre Dame. I, 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 honestly, though, if I want to see Louisville Notre Dame, I want to go – and you did this and I didn't. I want to go to Notre Dame and watch the game because I want to just go to South Bend and go to that stadium in general. But It was a cool experience. It's um, the very, very top row, right across from Touchdown Jesus. I don't know if you could get me to a game this year, but – if we, well, I was gonna say next year would be in Lexington though. I'd say if we if we can beat Kentucky this year, if we go into Kentucky in the right vibes. I could maybe go. I could maybe go see myself going to the UK game. Being at U of L UK games when we win is the best feeling in the world. I, and I've been to a, a ton of them. I mean, I went to almost every one at the beginning of the series throughout up until like the 2010s. I think I've been to six wins over UK in football, only one in basketball, which is depressing. I think the only game I missed between 94 and like 2010 was the opening of Papa John Stadium because I was out of town that weekend. I was not at that game. I, was, I didn't even plan it. I mean, my mom made the schedule. We're going to take my grandmother to San Francisco and have this great time and show anniversary. Mm. Moms. And I just remember her telling me the date. And at the time, I was managing Joe Muck's Cafe and just had a lot of hectic stuff was going on. I just remember being like, okay, okay that date works. Good, good. Write me down. And it just didn't even click in my head until like two days before. That was like, you were kid. a manager somewhere at that I, age? Yeah, so I was You had to be like 18, 18 or 19. I was, I was 18. Like, I was like 13 when that game was I playing. was forced into it because the manager quit. He walked out. And just, they, they just basically, it was, it was me and like. So you're basically the Tom Allen of Joe Muggs. Pretty much. <laughs> and I worked. Started strong. I worked there for another six months or so. And then uh, they, I, they brought somebody in from Clarksville who, uh, uh, <laughs> I think I've told you about New Marcus Maven in high school. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, she did, and then uh, then then she took it. And I, I quit and went to work to start working in video stores. After that, Texas a stupid. Would you rather scenario? Okay, I like stupid. Would you rather take a loss to IU if it meant a guaranteed win over UK, or beat IU and take your chances versus UK? I'm that, that's take, a good. Would you rather? Yeah, it is. I'm going to stick with with the second one just because. God, the guaranteed win over UK would be so. I really want to beat UK this year. But I, I like my chance. I still like our chances with UK, and I don't want to because of the. If, if they hadn't pulled out a series, I would consider it more. I don't want to lose to IU now at all because of this whole series thing. I don't either. I, I don't either. But man, I mean, if you add, I mean, it's a good one. And I would, I'm going. I'm I'm leaning to. I'm 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 going to. I'm, <laughs> I'm going with two two. I'm taking my chance. Two, I'm rolling two. the dice. Yeah, I do too. But man, I, I had to think about it. I mean, I, I love how it's a guaranteed loss at IU if we get a guaranteed win. But yeah, but we do get the guaranteed win for IU just to take our chances with UK. So I'm, you know, God. there's a chance of going two and zero or one and one. That's you know, I'll, I'll go with it. I really want to beat Kentucky. Really want to beat Kentucky. I do too. I do too. Trust me. Texas. Hey guys, it's Ross. Hey Ross. Hey Ross, what's up? I didn't. I had nothing to do with you. I think I promise. We had Sammy Jacobs on our pod last night. I'll let you name drop our pod if you want. Uh, Sammy is the owner, operator, chief editor for Hoosier Huddle, and he's unquestionably the biggest IU fan I've ever met. So much so that he lo- loathes IU basketball. I didn't know wow. they made those. He was very <laughs> glad IU football bought out of the Louisville series. He said, "With USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington coming, and mandatory nine Big Ten games, this is their best chance to make a bowl." Said they need as many cupcakes as they can get. Also said there's zero chance Tom Allen is getting fired. Said his buyout is like $14 million after this year. How they give him such a giant buyout? IU, who's your daddy? Cards, that's who. Go cards. I mean, I don't, I don't care. Did they do that after 2020 is. or something? I mean, if he no goes way. like three and nine this year, they got to fire him. 
There's no way his buyouts that kept. I mean, I, I'm not. I guess Ross would probably know better than I would. But boy, it's this guy. Oh, this guy would know Sammy. better. Yeah, I mean, but that just seems. Yeah, I mean, I could see him getting an extension and being that high, like post 2020. But we're not like you know three years removed from that. Like they, they would have gone down, right? I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what it does? <laughs> Usually. <laughs> I mean, they go down, right? <laughs> uh, Texture says, you're overrating Kentucky as a football program. They've been slightly above average as a program. If that, they've just played their best games of each year against Louisville. Yeah, no, that was they, they've been a better team. That's been clear I, on the field. Again, I'm not saying they've been world beaters. I'm saying they've been better than us yeah. for the last, not, not just in the head-to-head meetings, but you know, they've, they've been to bowl games every year for the last, what, six years? They finished nationally ranked uh, two out of the last three years. Like, that's – we haven't done any of those things. I mean, they're winning a majority of their 50-50 games in an SEC. I mean, yeah, they – I mean, they're, 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 they've been so good, yeah. I mean, they've got put guys in the NFL. Nobody's I, saying they're Bama. By the way, We're just saying they've been better than us. Oh, this is just so weird. I, I don't know. I was flipping through the reels last night. This is random. A little random note for you here before I go on my Eagles rant. Okay. And, like, it was, it was one of those reels, and it was, like, an old reel, and it was, like – most amazing punter in football history. And like it was like a punter, I guess, faking the punt and then running and basically running like a 95-yard touchdown. I'm like, that's crazy. And then I realized it was Lynn Bowden Jr. <laughs> and I'm like, that's come on now. Okay. Like, like that, that just really took all the, like, the amazement. I'm not gonna, I mean, I guess it's still amazing, but it's not my guy's borderline NFL quality running back. Like, of course he's going to – yeah, I mean, come on. That's like – that's fake. Yeah, I guess he. I guess he punted something high school. I suppose. I mean, he did everything else. I guess. I mean, why not? Uh, we we do have. Before I let you talk about the Eagles Vikings tonight. Eagles. There is some college football on TV tonight. Really? Two games. Uh, Bethune Cookman's at Miami. Is the only ranked team on a, uh, in action tonight. That's, That's Miami, by the way, not Bethune Cookman. <laughs> yeah, ACC Network seven thirty is the kickoff there, and then Navy at Memphis State. Memphis is a thirteen and a half point favorite. Uh, ESPN has the TV coverage there. Who do you got? I don't know if Memphis State's what they've looked like through the game this year. Like 2 0 is all I know. And Navy got, didn't they get blown out by, by Notre Dame in one of their games? They got blown out by Notre Dame in their opener, yeah. Yeah. Which I think they played that early in the season. Memphis says they beat, they beat Bethune Cookman by uh, 56 to 14, and Memphis beat Arkansas State in week two by 34. Okay. They haven't played I, anybody. I'm going to take, uh, just straight up, I'll just say t- uh, Memphis State does win, but I'm rooting for Navy. I'm going to say Memphis State wins, Navy covers. Well, did you say it was like almost like 10? 13 and a half. 13 and a half, yeah. I, I might say Navy on the spread, too. Miami, by the way, is a 53 and a half point favorite. Oh, I mean, do you lay that kind of points? No, I can't do it. Not with Miami, too, because I still don't feel that confident, right? Especially after a big win. They always let down. They've had, what, five days that's, to prepare? Yeah, They're not going to do anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bethune-Cookman, backdoor cover. Miami gets up big, rests on their laurels. Bethune-Cookman's going to cover. Uh, tonight, though, the big show is Where in the is NFL. The big show? First Thursday night NFL, uh, I guess, in-season game. It's not the season over because the Lions, of course, kicked things off with a bang last Thursday. Is it on Prime or is it on NBC tonight? It's on Prime Video. I've got both. I'm good either nice. way. Eagles hosting the Vikings. Eagles 1-0 after a closer-than-expected win over the Patriots yeah, last sloppy, week. Sloppy, a little vanilla offense. Vikings with a surprising loss to the Buccaneers trying to get right here. Not surprised if you know football. is the kickoff. Philly is a six-point favorite. Trevor, uh, Trevor, give us the rundown here. Your thoughts as an Eagles fan going into tonight. Uh, I'll tell you right now, my, my main thoughts is not just as a team, but as an individual. If you don't know, G- uh, Gamewell, who played really well, got maj- almost all the carries in, in the first game, is out with br- bruised ribs tonight. So, like, this is kind of 
bleeper get off the pot for DeAndre Swift, I think, tonight. We're going to find out whether he's going to have – I told have, you. I warned you about him. I know you did. And and in week one, he – I mean, I think he – good Lord. He had one carry. He had two, one catch, one drop, and missed two blocks. Super talented. Does not like the block. And that's – I mean, and that's not why like – contact. And that's why he played six snaps, I think. Um, tonight, he's going to get the, 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 the bulk of snaps – if he doesn't and he poops early, you're going to see probably Boston Scott in there. You'll probably maybe see Rashad Penny, who was a healthy scratch in week one. Uh, you'll probably see both of them maybe get some playing time. That said, I think this can be a shootout. This is going to be a good test for Eagles defense, obviously. I do like us. To, I'm going to pick us to win. I'm going to say we win this game. We we put up more offense this week, better weather. I'm going to say better we – weather. Huh? Better weather. Better weather. Better weather. Better weather. Better weather. <laughs> not a better. Not a better. I'm gonna say, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. Like, it distracted me. Quit <laughs> jingling your keys. And Let make go. Me. He's hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Philly 30, 30, 34, 24. I'm doing the opposite thing. I feel like when we've made picks for NFL games, you've gone and you've been right uh, when, when I've been wrong. But like you've gone with the lower scoring games and I've gone with the higher scoring games. I think tonight's kind of maybe a little bit lower scoring. I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles cover. I'm going to say Philly 27, Minnesota 16. And it's not really that close. I mean, last year was we debacle. I think I'm, I'm, I can't we'd be like 45 to 10 last year, I think. Uh, oh, 24 7 last year. So. Still a beat down. Yeah, it was still. I mean, with Minnesota's offense was especially in week two, fully healthy at that time. Yeah, that's 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 impressive. Especially and it was Minnesota's only loss, I think, through the first like seven weeks of the season. We've got uh, Louisville Bats baseball coming your way we tonight. Six oh five. The coverage is going to start right. We'll hand the baton off to Nick Kern and company. The Bats still playing the Fighting Bulls of Durham Ooh, in not, Durham. I've been pretty. Six thirty five will be the first pitch. Bats looking to end the season on a high note. Uh, start the finish. Start the end of the finish. <laughs> Start, start the end of the beginning, whatever I'm saying. The stretch runs strong. Let's get a win tonight. Nick's ready to get this season over. I don't blame him. Don't he's in the, this is the last road trip, and then he's got one more week at home. And So keep it live right here to hear Nick Curran call a fantastic Bats baseball game against Durham. Yeah, Everyone, look. enjoy your Thursday night. Enjoy the football. Let's go Eagles. Get a win tonight. Just we'll go Eagles. Get, give Nick an email on the, sh- on, on the game. Get, show him, let him know you've got love and you're listening. Tweet at him. Yeah, tweet at him. Get, email him at LouisvilleBats at LouisvilleBats.com. Let them know you're out there, Jeff. Not just you. See you guys tomorrow at three. Bye, Go Eagles. Bye. Go Eagles. On the way to. Ah, just listen to the roots. It's gonna work because I'm pushing it right. Yeah. It's